Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So uh, the other day, we learned that the third trial, a bench trial in the January 6th case was uh, an acquittal because this dude was like, yo, your honor, this cop led me in. And the judge was like, look at that. The cop let him in. Huh. And then there you go. Case dismissed. The guy's acquitted of basically everything. Well, of course, many on the left were still pretending like that never happened. And now we have another story. So you know those guys that were accused of trying to kidnap Whitmer? Yeah, well, uh, uh, two of them have been acquitted and the others have received a mistrial. So that whole narrative is imploding. The narrative there is basically that these guys were claiming they were just stoned and talking BS. And these feds were like, yeah, 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 it's all real. It's all real. And then brought that to a criminal trial. But of course, I don't know if it really matters because the media got their narrative of the evil far right trying to kidnap a governor, which turns out to be mostly bunk. So we'll talk about all that. And uh, we have this tweet. It was from um, the, the guys over at Mythicist. It's a Bill Maher episode from, I think, 2019, where Dennis Prager is is saying that the, the left is lying. Men can't menstruate. And everyone on the show laughs at him. And Bill Maher says, you're crazy. So uh, considering the laws that are being passed, we have the, the governor of Alabama just signed a law banning medical intervention for children if they are uh, deemed trans by uh, a doctor. I want to I want to show proof that Dennis Prager. Was, I want to show proof Prager was right. And uh, uh, I think we got to I think we got to call out Bill Maher a little bit. Look, I know a lot of people are happy that he calls out the left when he does. But if the dude actually did cursory Google searches on half this stuff, it would be a whole nother ball game. You'd have people being like, wow, you know, I watched that guy and he's informed me, but he doesn't. A week after Covington, Bill Maher still got the story wrong when everyone else had already corrected. So no leeway uh, uh, no, from me on what's going on with him. But we'll, we'll talk about all that. Layoffs are expected at CNN and other networks because it's a big merger. Food riots and fuel riots in Peru already because uh, expect things to get pretty bad. So uh, we'll talk about that. And then maybe we'll get to it. Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars. But that's not really what, it, what I really care about. What I care about is a story that apparently his wife was like saying she cried when she got married because she didn't want to marry him. Wow. Yeah. Talk about a creepy what a story. Horrible thing horrible. to say Did about you your husband. The video. But, but, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll, into, we'll, we'll get into all of this. And joining us to talk about this is Oren McIntyre. How's it going, man? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I run a YouTube channel, uh, Oren McIntyre. You can just search it up over there. I do a lot of uh, explaining of political theory and then interviews, you know, news of the day, that type of stuff, too. But it's mostly about political theory. And then I make memes on Twitter, which is yes. what a lot of people know me from. <laughs> well, so. there we go. You want to do me a favor? Can you throw that on the shelf behind you? There you go. Also, just, um, just, just, there Magic you go, the right? Gathering player, if I'm not mistaken. We were talking a little oh, bit Oh, see, now show. you're outing me. But yeah, <laughs> uh, a, little, a little black red. It's true. Um, Magic the Gathering player. Seamus is instantly offended. That's right. I'm going to get out of here, all of you. Bunch <laughs> of nerds. Witchcraft. Bunch of Seamus plays It's not green. just witchcraft. It's, it's nerds. You guys are nerds. You know, as I tell people, you know, my parents didn't let me read Harry Potter, not because of the, the demonic elements. They just didn't want me to be a nerd. That's they didn't fair. want to be one of those Harry Potter <laughs> kids. And, and didn't want you to get shoved in a locker. And yeah, you appreciate yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. They're, like, this kid, they're like, this kid doesn't need any help getting bullied, all right? <laughs> no, no, We're no, not no. letting them read Harry Potter. Bro, based on this generation, I'd argue you were more likely to get bullied for not reading it. The bully would be like, what did you think of Snape? 
I know. They're like, they're like, what house are you? This guy's not a Gryffindor. I was like, oh, shut up. Please. This is the worst. Um, I am Seamus Coughlin. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We do animated political satire. We upload a new video every Thursday. We just uploaded one this past Thursday. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. We might, we might get wild and upload two next week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, snap. He speaks the truth. Uh, Ian Crossan, what's up, everybody? Catch you soon. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, Seamus' uh, Freedom Tunes is awesome, and we're going to be in Nashville next week, and Aaron is fantastic. It's going to be a great evening. Let's get going. Yeah, actually, right after the show tonight, we're running out the oh, door, yeah. <laughs> driving straight to Nashville. We've got the mobile command center already on the way, and we're going to be parked in their parking lot for the next week with a variety of their talent, and there's, there's a whole lot of crazy stuff we're planning. We'll see how much we can actually pull off, but it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of people from the Daily Wire on the show next week. It's going to be TimCast Live from the Daily Wire in Nashville. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you then. But for now, let's jump over to TimCast.com. Before we get started, become a member. Help support our work. We have this story that we're going to get into in a second about these two guys, these two uh, people accused who have been found not guilty. As a member, you are helping support all of that great journalism, and you will also get access to exclusive segments of this podcast, Monday to Thursday at 8 p.m. We have a huge library of content, so you, you definitely check out all of that stuff. You'll, you'll uh, love a lot of these videos. Not so family-friendly, lots of swearing. Hmm. Yesterday, we had a deep discussion with Andrew Claven on religion, which was very, very interesting. He had to leave a little bit early, but it was, it was a fun conversation. So don't forget to join at TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's read this, uh, the first story here from TimCast.com. Breaking. Two men accused of Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot found not guilty. Two others receive mistrial. The jury deliberated for five days following a two-week trial. They're going to mention on April 8th, the jury found Daniel Harris not guilty of one charge of kidnapping conspiracy, one count of conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction, one count of possession of an unregistered destructive device, one count of possession of an unregistered short-barreled rifle. Harris was the only one of the four defendants who testified in his own defense. Brandon Caserta, who was charged with one count of kidnapping conspiracy, was also found not guilty. The jury declared a mistrial on the charges brought against Barry Croft Jr. and Adam Fox. The charges include kidnapping conspiracy, conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction and possession of an unregistered destructive device. The U.S. government claimed the men had been planning to kidnap Whitmer at her vacation home prior to the 2020 election and arrested them in October of 2020. All four men have denied the government's accusations. Didn't it turn out that um, like the majority of people involved in this were feds or some kind of informant? Yeah, like well, it, it wasn't even like an actual plot. Let me, let me show you this from uh, the Daily Mail. They say how the how undercover FBI agents infiltrated militia group Wolverine Watchmen to try to take down Gretchen Whitman, Whitmer's kidnappers. They say, what, what do they call it? Stoned talk. They say they said it was nothing but stoned talk that the government turned into a real conspiracy. Wow. Schwerz and Bates both testified at trial. So so look, without getting into, you know, hashing out the entirety of the trial, the story's been... I think for most people, fairly obvious, as soon as they said, yeah, it was a bunch of FBI agents that seemed to have been orchestrating the whole thing and then blaming these guys who are bumbling along for the FBI's own plan. Along with this story and the story about January 6th, where the the third trial, this guy was like, the cops opened the door and let me in. The judge went, yeah, the video shows the cops opened the door and let you in. Not guilty. The media narrative on what? Insurrection, the rise of the far right. It's all, uh, uh, all just bunk BS. Yep. Bunk, bunk BS. Panel, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I would tend to agree. The entire narrative started falling apart a couple months ago. And honestly, when 
it was first reported as a story. I remember watching my television, regrettably checking Twitter, saying, wow, this is really horrible. And for the people who are actually committing legitimate acts of violence and breaking in, yes, that's bad. I think we all agree that's criminal. But uh, I should have known that the media was spinning this, trying to make it out to be something it wasn't. They started to refer to it as an insurrection, which is interesting because it's an insurrection where basically no one who went, the vast majority of people, didn't have weapons on them to try to overthrow the government. Just a very bizarre narrative, but I think people were too afraid to question it because they didn't want to seem in support of it because our our media spent so much time calling it a terroristic act. I just tweeted out earlier that I don't trust screenshots, pictures, or video anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't trust it, man. I don't trust the narrative. I don't trust the media. It's going to be even hard for me to trust people face-to-face, which I really Mm -hmm. don't anyway, but... Man, I don't want to get tainted on humanity here, but I am not, I'm not buying any of this crap anymore. Well, I hear you, but you're not necessarily getting tainted on humanity. I think it's okay to acknowledge that known liars are known, are known liars and you shouldn't listen to them without having a pessimistic view of humans in general. Thank I you. think, I think you you're shouldn't welcome. trust cartoonists. Uh, oh, especially yeah. Political yeah. No, so animators. here's the thing, and now I would disagree. <laughs> I, I think, well, in most instances, that's probably correct, but there are a few good apples. Yeah. I think. That's and, exactly what an animator yeah, would exactly. say. I know, right? Seamus, <laughs> if you have a bowl of M&Ms, uh-huh. and ten of them are poison, take a handful. <laughs> Not all bad apples. Hold on a second, Tim. That's that's ridiculous. First and foremost, that M&Ms, it, Seamus. M&Ms are all bad. They're sugary. Yeah, They'll kill you. Gross. You shouldn't yeah, be eating that stuff. What do you think, Lauren? You but, think that there's some value to this, uh, the, the media narrative at the moment? Well, I think you're in a situation where you obviously had had a you had a situation where people wanted to expand the power of the government, where people wanted to expand the power of the security state. Mm. You wanted to see you wanted these people to be dangerous. We've seen the fallout from this. They've been purging the military of people who have any kind of connection to Trump, any kind of support, any, any, any you know, if you were an NRA member, you could be on a watch list if you were in the military, uh, be, because of this and possibly up for being removed. So I think there, it, this is part of a larger interest by kind of those in power to make sure that you have the apparatus that is able to, crack down on people and we we hear this all the time from the media right that the biggest national security threat is you know the the white supremacists what you know the uh these radicals you know the, the these crazy QAnon people this is constantly being pushed for a reason because it allows you to kind of take that war on terror apparatus and shift it domestically and i think that you know this isn't i, I don't think that that's this is the only part of it but i think that that leads into that narrative for a reason Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. But you know that the response from many Democrat activist types is just they're flabbergasted. How is it that fascists are getting away with all of this? Because even when it's proven in a court of law to not be true, they just say it is. So I feel like regardless of whether or not the state is is empowered by this, they got what they wanted. Hard, hardcore hyper, uh, hyper polarization in this country. The Democrat activists are still going to continue to be radicalized by these fake news stories. The, the acquittals in the January 6th case and here do nothing to change that. 
well, when you control the you know consensus making apparatus, there's no reason to back off the story, right? Mm-hmm. If you continue to push it, it doesn't matter what the facts were at the end of the day. You control the flow of information, just, and if you can continue to blast that out, then you know someone who really wants to dig into it can eventually find it. But the vast majority of people aren't going to do that, and so the the narrative that is you know sitting in people's minds is that this went down, everything you know went down the way it was originally portrayed. No one goes back and looks at these things you know years after the fact to figure out if that. That was actually the case, and they end up taking the win. I was just watching a bunch of uh, documentary on the rise of the Nazi Party in 1933, Hitler appointing of uh, Goebbels to be the propaganda, and what was he, the Enlightenment Minister, some crazy title. And they just, they seized the radio. They they, they took control of it. They, they shut down uh, over, slowly over time. First, the book burning, which is in the schools. The, the, the professors were like, hey, kids. Don't wait for the the government to to make this policy. Just go out there and destroy the knowledge now, the non-German stuff. So the kids were all like, yay, we think we're doing something good. And then when they got a hold of the radio, man, talk about manipulation. They shut down the other channels. Uh, You couldn't get anything out in Germany if it wasn't state propaganda. Control of information. But but, uh, the issue is even with the Internet grants you the ability to manipulate, but also for the the opportunity for truth, like people watching this show right now. I think the difference between the people who watch this show versus the people who watch Young Turks is that for Timcast IRL listeners, new information will change their mind. For the Young Turks viewers, new information must be fake news and they'll completely ignore it. So like this story, like January 6th, they just act like the revelation didn't happen at all. And so it, it almost feels like the media narrative is, is irrelevant at this point. You know, they could say anything and these people would just be like, we don't care. We'll do whatever you say, no matter what the story is. is that, that's called mass formation psychosis, I think. We're, I guess. I guess. Yeah, we call it mass formation. Cognitive psychosis. dissonance. There's different ways to describe the mental cult uh, failure or, yeah, the pitfall. I love, I, I love these. There's, there's, there was a comic someone posted on Facebook and it's a woman reading a newspaper and it says, you know, Russia claims there's no invasion. And she's like, how could people fall for this Russian propaganda? And then there's a guy in a MAGA hat with Q on his shirt watching Tucker Carlson screaming about a bunch of straw man narratives from the left. And I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, this comic is irony. It said U.S. bioweapons labs was one of the things. And I was like, that's not the argument. The argument is biological research labs. They, the left made that up and then got mad about it. And so that comic to me was particularly hilarious because they're mocking the right for being indoctrinated. But the comic itself was indoctrinating them. It's just, it was just pure irony. Cause it, those arguments were all straw man arguments. They weren't real arguments coming from the right. So I love it when they say, you know, it was, um, um, Scarborough was, was, he, he was referring to, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what he's talking about, but he called the right a cult. And it's just like, it's fascinating to me. There's, there's an argument over Trump versus DeSantis, who would be the best person to lead in 2024. But on the left, they're willing to vote for Joe Biden en masse even though they know it's going to destroy everything and they're and, and they completely ignore breaking news facts and they're wrong on every story. I mean, just go down the list. I think Donald uh, who someone tweeted, I should pull up the Instagram image. Somebody was pointing out every major story, Russia Gate hoax, Covington, yeah. Jussie Smollett, Kyle Rittenhouse. Um now the add two more to the mix. The January 6th story. We got an acquittal. Yeah. It's not trespassing. The cops let him in. Oh, get ready for this wave of, of narrative ex- implosion. Now the Whitmer story, two people not Hunter guilty Biden and laptop. mistrials. The whole thing, Hunter Biden laptop. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. When they just believe things that are repeatedly debunked, they're a cult. 
I completely cult. agree. Yeah, I can tell. And this looks very much like a religion to me. I was raised in a religious environment. And while I don't think that that was in any way a cult, you can definitely see some of the overtones. You have your priests. You have your acolytes. You have unforgivable sins. You have original sin, sorry, which is obviously in our instance would be like being white, being male, all of this other stuff that you can't change. And I would say definitely this extends to women as well, because if you are not fully feminist, you are a sinner, you're cast out. And if you're like Candace Owens, you're cast out as well. It doesn't matter what shade you are. The only thing that matters is connection to this ideology and complete unquestioning devotion. I've got a definition of cult. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. It was a so, or this is from, what is this from Wikipedia? I think social group with Socially deviant or novel religious, philosophical, or spiritual beliefs and practices. So deviant or novel, meaning new. So, so the word cult can be hmm. doesn't have to be negative. It's a new idea. It can be a new philosophy that a bunch of people are rallied around. Colloquially, it refers to a group of people who will not have their minds changed by facts and adhere to a group structure regardless of reality. Well, I don't think this is a particularly weird thing. I think this is actually very normal, right? Like your vast majority of societies throughout history have been mediated by some kind of value structure, right? You have to have a coherent cultural understanding of like who you are as a people and what your values are. And so you have to have something by which not only people judge their lives and the value of their lives, but also the ways in which they defeat their enemies and climb in social standing. So this stuff, your devotion to this stuff is, yes, it is a, a way to find meaning, but it's also a way to obtain social status, which is why it's mm -hmm. so important to signal your constant agreement with the current thing, right? Because if you're not that person, the, the person next to you is, and they're going to climb above you. So I think it has a lot of different different functions, and I, I don't think it's anything particularly unique throughout history. We're just seeing it because it because it doesn't have an explicitly religious nature, because it doesn't have an explicit holy book or someone at the top who's the pope. We don't treat it that same way, but it has pretty much the same function. I want to I want to show you guys. I think one 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 of the most infuriating but greatest examples of the failures of the modern media and the left. And it's this clip that mythicist, uh, myth-informed Milwaukee guys mm. posted. They said, uh, this is from uh, a couple days ago, Dennis Prager is mocked on Bill Maher when he describes the now mainstream leftist belief that men can menstruate. This is from November 2019. Queer theory and critical race theory ideology are so radical and incoherent, one risks looking crazy pointing them out. I want to play this. Uh, let me let me get the audio fixed. I always do that. I always have the audio set to the wrong setting. But let me get this uh, audio properly and then... Wing lie. We're talking about degrees. To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Check it out, folks. Check it out. I think, I, Anyone I, I, who says a man wait, cannot wait, wait, menstruate wait, is considered transphobic. I, I, I missed this whole story. You, are you good? <laughs> I did. I tell, no, tell me where, so where, where are you getting it. this? Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who, who is saying this? You're who talking about saying a very small no, percent. Oh, mm -hmm. You're talking about a very yeah. small percent of people who are actually powerful mainstream corporate sources like the Daily Beast that said July 12th, 2017, yes, men can have periods and we need to talk about them. I know this is an old story. But it's coming up now with all of the parental rights and education bills. And the fact that this narrative has become so prominent. This, this article was originally published September 21st, 2016. Three years after a major corporate publication that was once part, I believe, of Newsweek published this ridiculous story. 
Bill Maher, three years later, still didn't get the memo. His mm-hmm. audience laughs. These people do not listen to politics. They have no idea what's going on in this country. They don't read the news, but they all think they're smarter than you, mm-hmm. that they all bust out laughing. It is just like the story. I think it was Kierkegaard. The clown comes on yeah. stage and he says, there's a fire backstage. Everyone run. And the whole audience bursts up laughing, thinking it's a joke. And so it becomes even more frantic and they laugh even harder. And he said, I think that's how the world will end. Yeah. Seeing this, the reason why I want to highlight this is because if back then people like Bill Maher or John Stewart, who had been on hiatus, I suppose, had actually paid attention like people like Dennis Prager were, maybe they wouldn't be dealing with the insanity they're dealing with now with the Democrats fleeing the Democratic Party four to one in Pennsylvania, the congressional, uh, the generic congressional ballot being three, almost four points up for Republicans and the rest of us. Wouldn't have to, well, you know, I'll just put it this way. They, they, they've done it to themselves. You reap what you sow. At this point, where I am is, there are two distinct moral universes, and theirs has nothing to do with me, because this is a perfect example of when they gave up. Mm-hmm. Bill Maher, here's what I tweet, has become lazy and it's sad. John Stewart as well. Mm. It's crazy to me that they don't do cursory research on topics anymore. John Stewart, just absolutely pathetic. Not a single Google search, huh? You can't do that? Yeah, no, this is something that we see very often. I remember back when I first started making cartoons on the internet in 2016, and when I was sort of in a sphere of people who were criticizing the left and the far left, the criticism we often received is that we were just talking about a small niche of leftists who basically only existed on college campuses and were completely out of their minds, but these weren't ideas that it really made much sense to critique because they were never going to enter the mainstream, and we were more or less wasting our time. Now, that's obviously been proven to be completely false. These very niche, bizarre ideas end up becoming mainstream very quickly. And part of the reason for that is because the left always needs to find a new cause. It's not as if they move the social dial and go, all right, we're done. We're satisfied. We've achieved equality. Now we're going to let you, you know, we're going to rest and have society exist as it is. They constantly need to push for more and more and more. Yeah. I think that also the, the poisoning of our, our food supply and, and water supply with like microplastics and birth control that it's being peed into the sewer systems like is causing people to go towards this transgender state of being and so it's that also is adding I, on to the to the rhetoric i think that's a myth i think that's greatly over exaggerated i want to see more research because we did okay. talk about it we did talk about it i think uh social manipulation ideological manipulation i think the fact that you have some people who are the epitome of follower and they'll just go along with whatever I mean, how many people watched that episode of Bill Maher and laughed along with him thinking he was the smart one in the room when he was just dead wrong? And they follow along with that for years. And now these stories that were published in the corporate press six, seven years ago are now in the forefront in our schools. Now these are the parents, these liberal parents in Loudoun County who are now freaking out and voting Republican, these suburban moms who are starting to wake up and freak out because they watch shows like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think indoctrination, manipulation, but pure laziness from bad leaders. I'll say uh, a in a little bit of defense of Bill Maher, I have a lot of criticism of Bill Maher, but he uh, Prager came at him and kind of blindsided him with that data, and neither of them knew could back it up. Like um, Bill asked him, "Can where'd you get that data? Who said that?" And Dennis didn't have an answer. He didn't say the Daily Beast. He should have quoted the article if he's going to bring it up. Um, so I, suppo- I suppose the issue I had was uh, with with Dennis is that he was heated when he said it. If he presented it in a more calm demeanor, it yeah. wouldn't have elicited the same response. Well, 
Uh, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I was just going to say, but yeah, you know, I, I did a tweet on this and, and it's very clear that this pattern, right? We see this all the time. It starts with, oh no, this isn't happening. It's not a real mm-hmm. thing. And then it goes to, well, maybe it's here and there. It's a few crazies. And then by the end of it, oh, well, it's good actually, right? And right. this is the most predictable thing you can imagine. Three years ago, this was a right-wing conspiracy. Now it's something that every major corporation, every major uh, educational institution, and now even the government is saying. This is the most predictable thing in the world. And the amazing thing about this is that Bill Maher, this will not change his priors at all. Mm. He will not think for a moment I was wrong. He did this interview with, I think it was Ben Shapiro recently. And he said, you know, it's not me. You know, the, the, I didn't change. The, the left changed. Yeah. It never occurs to him for a moment that there is a reason that people keep getting left behind by the left. There is a reason that this keeps occurring. It's a pattern. It's predictable. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had people ask me to, you know, reach out or people who are connected, you know, saying like, would you want to get in touch with the people at Bill Maher? And I, I don't want to say too much about it because it's not going to happen. And I wonder if I should try and extend an olive branch in some capacity to talk to the guy because he has said some good things about how woke the left has become. But I'd, I'd be directly critical of so much you know, there, there was the uh, Ben Shapiro-Malcolm Nance conversation. Yeah. And that was fantastic. And Ben is correct. I don't care about your opinions on policy. I care about if you're talking about facts. And when a conservative comes out and says, here's a thing that is true and here's evidence, I say, okay, that's true. Then they say, here's my opinion on the policy. I say, well, that we can discuss. Mm-hmm. What's happening now is a conservative like Ben Shapiro goes on daily, uh, goes on uh, 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 real time with Bill Maher and says, here are the facts. And they go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's like, if, if you haven't done the research, Bill, how are you hosting this show? So, so Ian, I, 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 I accept your point, especially about Dennis Prager being unable to say, here's where it's happening. I think the issue for Dennis was it was three years beyond the point of this, of this conversation beginning. So the answer was actually every major corporate website, corporate news website has stated this in some form or another. He pulled an Ian Crossland, Dennis Prager did. He, he did a derailed the conversation and then didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> back, didn't back it up and everyone thought he was an idiot. But he was but, right. But here's what we do. And this is why I'm going to say it right now. Look, I think Bill Maher's show is just, it's, it's just archaic. It's obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. The format on this, for sure. On this show, if someone comes on this show and says it's a lie to say that you know uh, men can menstruate, you know what we do? Pull it up. We all have laptops. That's right. And yeah. and and the, and the desktop terminal. Like let's 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 search in real time. It's remarkable to me that Bill Maher still exists in this vacuum. The show's called well, Real Time. It's, it's called, called, it's real, called time. real Time. <laughs> right? yeah. Can't take his phone. And I mean, even Dennis couldn't pull out his phone and be like, "There you go." Here. Let's yeah. search in real time, Bill. Do you guys even read the news? Seriously. And you know what I would have said? When they started laughing, I'd take my phone up, I'd pull it up, and I'd say, there it is, guys, 2016, The Daily Beast. Want, want me to get another article? You mean to tell me I'm the only one on this panel who actually reads the news? Then why do any of you think you should have an opinion on news? Yeah, and also, not to Monday morning quarterback Prager here too much, but I, I would have asked, or I like to think I would have asked, why is that wrong? Why is what I'm saying incorrect? Do you not believe that men can become women? Right. Because this was a mainstream view on the left, and if that's the case, then why isn't it the case that men can menstruate? When when Dennis Prager goes on to say that college dorms for for males have tampons, uh, Bill Maher says that's for their girlfriends. What? Talk about you take a guy like Bill Maher. You know what I think? I think he retired. This is I think we see a lot of this. I think Bill Maher retired in his mind. 
Yeah, mentally, yeah. Yeah, like he's like, look, I've been doing this for decades. Yeah. I'm so exhausted. There's other things I want to do. I'm not going to read the news all day. Just give me the give me the copy. I'll read it and we'll talk about he whatever. Got ban- politically incorrect was badass. And then he got after 9/11, it was like some government clampdown. They were like, he's saying too much. Shut him down, and they shut his show down. And I think he changed after that. He was like, whoa, I got to self censor now. Or I'm going to not make no, it in this I, industry. I, I, to, well, they put him on HBO, and the idea was that he didn't have to worry about it. And I used to watch this all the time. I used to watch Daily Show all the time. And I will point this out every time. John Stewart praised Project Veritas on more than one occasion. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Now he's just woke, yelling at Andrew Sullivan, and it's just – all of this stuff is the lowest of lowbrow garbage. My The reason I bring it up here is just because Dennis Prager was correct on this. Prager, you, has been leading the charge – Granted, conservative ideology, I don't care. They're correct when they say the left has made the argument. Now they give their counter argument. You can agree with them or disagree with them, mm-hmm. but their premise is correct. Mm-hmm. And people like Bill Maher, people like John Stewart, people like Stephen Colbert have abandoned what they once were supposedly representing, which was reality. Yeah. Like Colbert said, right? Reality has a liberal bias. Mm. Now it's fictional cult world has a liberal bias. And the rest of us are confused as to what these people are reading when they read anything, if they read anything. And that's a really important point. One thing you mentioned earlier is the fact that societies and cultures have always had authority structures and they've always had rules that people are expected to follow. But part of what's so bizarre about this is you basically have rules which are wildly unpopular and historically unprecedented that the left is forcing on everyone else. And it is even most people on the left. It's a very small percentage of extremely online individuals who will complain to corporations and make them feel as if they need to censor themselves and change their corporate structuring and way of advertising. Why? What's wrong? Because it's around 10% of the the population. Well, it's increasing. It, it, It is absolutely increasing. And I think the idea is spread. But Chances are when you encounter someone who says a man can become a woman, they don't genuinely believe that. I'm not saying that absolves them from saying it. It's actually an even bigger problem because they are being dishonest. But most people recognize this stuff as ridiculous. The question is, how do we make them feel comfortable saying that? When I was talking to a friend of mine on Facebook, I've told the story before, and she all of a sudden started adopting the gender ideology stance. She she told me. You know, the whole, uh, she was like, trans women are women, trans men are men. And I said, okay, I, I don't care if that's your, your, your premise. My question to you then is, I asked her, you would be physically attracted to someone who's biologically female, like a person with a vagina, but who is like, you know, got a beard. And, and she was like, I could learn how to do that. Mm. And I was like, that sounds like conversion therapy to me. And she just blocked me. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's, it's because there is, I, I feel like a lot of these people are not strong moral leaders. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is. I feel like many of these people just want to be followers because it's simpler and the logic of their brains is conflicted with the survival aspect of their brain to fit in with society. I must just say this. Exactly. Well, and that's, that's extremely insidious because ultimately you either live what you believe or believe what you live as they say. Mm -hmm. And if you stay silent about the truth for long enough, you do start to believe the lie. So I'm not saying that we're not at risk of people buying into this. We very clearly are. And my view is the exact opposite. We are in danger, but oftentimes conservatives are trying to convince people on these issues when what we need to be doing is help people understand that the thing that they already actually secretly believe is not something that they should be embarrassed or afraid to say. But here's the thing, and you got to remember this, 
societies are run by organized minorities every mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. saying that it's not everybody on the left, of course it's not. Yeah. That's not what matters. Right. What matters is who on the left believes it and where they sit in positions of power. There's a reason everyone is adopting this stuff. It's not because they necessarily believe it right away, but eventually they do believe it. I think they do eventually genuinely take it on board because they understand this received morality is advantageous in our society. They know that. And so that's why people will do like Tim was talking about. They will go out and they will alter their belief system because the people who are important are telling Telling them what is going to come next, what is going to be signaled as positive, what is going to increase their standing, and what's going to make it easier for them to get along, along with what's actually going to be moral. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. And so saying, oh, just a few people believe in or it's a small minority, if it's the right minority, that's the most dangerous thing possible. I wouldn't disagree with any of that. But what I would reaffirm is my point that what we have to do in order to combat that is have people speak their minds and speak the truth because it's only going to be powerful if we acquiesce to it. I got this quote here, uh, Darwin. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent. Is that how it goes? But it's the one that is most adaptable to change. Uh, terrifying, but true. Well, uh, have you guys ever seen Idiocracy? Yep. Mm. Mike Judge, man, talk about brilliant. I love the point made in the beginning. Eventually, evolution wasn't rewarding the strongest or the smartest. It was rewarding those who simply reproduced the most. Yeah. As a, as a, as a species, we have created this sphere mm-hmm. of safety where we're, we're untouched from war in the United States for the most part in the past, what, 200 years yeah. or 150 years or so. Civil War obviously was bad. Uh, we're on, we, we, we do have crime, but relative to the rest of the world, we have fat homeless people. I mean, it's a serious problem in this country. And though we do have poverty, we are extremely wealthy, uh, extremely wealthy, extremely well-fed, extremely safe. And so this has created that environment that Mike Judge was sort of talking about. Evolution simply rewarding those who reproduce the most. But in this case, it's ideological reproduction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just the ideas that become the most popular that, that end up governing your society. Now, op- I'm very optimistic in some sense. I believe that ultimately in the final, final analysis, the truth wins, but your society has no guarantee of existing forever. In, in a more like Darwinist previous iteration of our civilization, less technologically advanced, the strongest and the smartest would survive by, by nature of their ideology. Working together, having strong families, having strong communities, being armed. Now everything's so safe. The ideology that's become becoming more powerful and dominant is deconstructivist, is re- re- reductivist. It's a blank slate. It is. Yeah. It's deconstruction. Yes. It's breaking everything apart. Now that can exist because we're in such a magnificent bubble of wealth and security until they destroy it by deconstructing it. And then it's going to be just pure chaos, yes. man. Like, you know, uh, the food shortages that are coming. Yes. The, the, the product of electing someone like Joe Biden out of sheer ignorance 
resulting in the chaos that we've had over the past year. I am developing the probably highly unpopular opinion, and you're welcome to pitch in on this if you think along the same lines, that we desperately need some form of hardship to make us realize that our imagined difficulties are just that. They're completely imaginary. We have much bigger things to worry about. We've just never had to worry or even think about our survival. We don't know where our food comes from. That's a huge problem we're about to learn. That's troubling. I think it's what we need. That's the amazing thing, too. Like, uh, I visited farms. And growing up in the city, it really was a aha moment when I saw actual production. Right. Because, I mean, Illinois has got farms, you know. But people don't even con- connect the dots of the, the, the wheat fields get, you know, uh, harvested and then sent to processing. And then it makes its way to a factory and then gets turned into food. The first time I watched How It's Made... And they were like, cupcakes, how they're made. And it shows like a guy pouring huge, yeah. a massive bag of flour into this giant vat. And I'm just like, wow. And then the machine like cranking out the cupcakes and sealing the bags. How it's made it is an amazing show. How it's made is an amazing show. Because people don't don't recognize supply chain. You go to the store, boom, cupcakes. In a, in a wrapper, you got no idea how they got there. It grew there. Yep. Just blink. There mm-hmm. it is. It's so, interesting if you went to the store and on every piece of food you were going to buy, there was a little video under it that was showing you the entire manufacturing <laughs> process of the piece. Sorry to interrupt you. Though. Oh, no bro. No, so, uh, Machiavelli talked about ruling, uh, rule of foxes and rules, rule of lions, right? And your foxes are your very clever, uh, quick-witted. They're going to be kind of your liberals. They're going to be the people who are good at combining and coming up with new ideas. And then your lions are going to be kind of your more conservative, patriotic, martial type people. And he said, at the beginning, your civilizations are always run by lions because they have to secure safety. You have to make sure you're getting food supply, those kind of things. But over time, as your society gets more complex, you start to see the rise of the foxes because they're able to address these new things, these new problems that are coming up. They're able to make these new combinations and synthesize things. But as your society gets more decadent, as you get further away from the problems that the lions solve, you forget why you had lions in the first place. Mm-hmm. And your foxes become the dominant ruling class. And we are so far around the bend. We are all foxes, right? Everyone in charge right now is a college grad. They've never been in the military. They've never farmed. They don't know anything about this stuff. Food shows up at their table. Truck drivers bring it to them. They never give it a second thought. Of course, the world's safe. We're America. We can conquer anything. And so they don't think about what happens when you can no longer just work your way out of this by being clever. What happens when the rubber meets the road? And you know what uh, lions do? Lions sleep. They sleep most of the day. Mm-hmm. Lionesses, I guess, go out and actually right. do work. But the male <laughs> lions just just sleep. And it kind of feels like that's what it is. The foxes have started conniving, started scheming and taking things. While the lion looks around and he's like, hey, Simba, all that the sun touches is ours. Yeah. I'm going to bed. Yep. And then the foxes run in and just start controlling everything. And the lions don't pay attention. They sleep to conserve their energy for the hunt or something? No, they just they just sleep. The lionesses do the hunting. Yeah, yeah. The dudes basically get up, eat, bang, and go to sleep. So yeah. Kamala Harris, she's the lioness in this equation. I don't know. She's probably the hyena. She, I, I think she's a good hyena. Yeah, if we're doing Lion King, she's definitely a hyena. <laughs> yeah. Is it too far gone? The, the, I think the system's going to have to go through some through some serious hard times and probably a little bit of collapse before people realize the issue. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we've been trained to believe that experts are the key, right? You got to have an expert for everything. You need to have a person who has a particular degree and has enough doctorates, enough credentials, and they're the ones that solve everything. Everything is solvable through like this kind of managerial scientific you know, system. But it's not. And at the end of the day, you there are certain things that have to be done physically in the real world. It's not just always ideas that solve these problems. 
And I, I think until people taste some of the difficulty that comes from a society that's entirely based on kind of Fox governors, they're, they're never going to realize the problem. Perhaps. But it's also possible that we can succeed in all of this by doing literally nothing. Why? Oh. Well, as I mentioned, they are tearing everything down and the strong are the ones who are going to figure things out and survive. The left likes to make fun of the fact that we promote emergency food. But in the event you actually need it, it's not even not even going to be us that's laughing. It's going to be the preppers in the mountains with the 30 years worth of beans hmm. calling us amateurs. But they can live in their cities with no food supply, no understanding of it as everything falls apart. But maybe there's we, we just have to do very little but remain resilient. We have this story from Daily Mail breaking. Discovery completes its merger with Warner Media and acquires the rights for CNN, HBO, and Warner Bros. content as staff fear bloodbath of layoffs. Uh, well, okay. Well, well, all right. Yeah, let's, uh, should we get the cake now or should we wait until they start laying people off? Because CNN Plus also, guys, can I just make an announcement here? So CNN Plus launched on day one. They cut their price subscription in half. Yep. A day later, there was reporting that CNN was expecting layoffs because the signups were so abysmal. Now, I don't know how many signups they got. I don't know how much money they made. I assume it was bad. I just want to say, in one month, Chicken City has 21,000 subscribers. And today we had six chicken parties. We are on track for year one of Chicken City to make $100,000 plus. Those are golden chickens. And as I stated... A man who watches Chicken City is more more informed and better informed than a man who watches CNN. Correct. Now, I'm half kidding. Like, it is funny <laughs> to mention that our chicken live stream is doing so well. There's a real value to it and that pet, people like putting their, their pets in front of it. People like super chatting. And, and they, they use Chicken City as a chat room, basically, throughout the day to talk about a lot of ideas from this show even. But I, 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 I ultimately just want to get to the, the point where CNN is crumbling. These networks are failing. Their ratings are in the gutter. We, our ratings are improving every day. Look at the Daily Wire. These guys are making over $100 million per year now. It's just, it's an explosion. And we're looking at sentiment. When the left, these activists try saying things like the right is, the Republican is minority rule. It's just, you know what? Moderate voters side with Republicans on most issues two to one right now. You look at all of the data, you look at Black Lives Matter, you look at the Democrats, you look at the economy, you look at inflation, you look at gas. It's all like 60% independents are, you know, on the same side as Republicans. And they think they're the majority. Yeah. They're, they're spiraling out of control. Their companies are crumbling and we only need keep steering our ship, focusing on building and developing cultural content, media content, websites. And I think we're going to be all, I think we'll be all right. No, I think you're absolutely correct. I've brought this uh, stat up on the show before, but more Americans would rather we look into the 2020 BLM rights and investigate those than support the January 6th commission. It's because a bunch of buildings got destroyed in that thing. Yeah. How about I mean, that? How about got killed. a lot of people got killed? How about when the Republicans take something? over in November, we launch the BLM committee? The BLM investigatory committee. Yes. They should. I'm open, man, but I am so done with the witch hunts. I do not think that no, is the way uh, forward. Wrong. You think wrong. we got to weed Th- them out? Then they're going to cast a spell on you, Ian. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Must we burn the witches, uh, Seamus? Wrong, Ian. When they come out and and levy a whole bunch of fake investigations and put Kyle Rittenhouse through the ringer yep. for, for uh, two years, basically, solitary or a year. Confinement. Solitary. When they put the J6 defendants through the solitary confinement, effectively torturing them, and now we're saying, oh, what's that? Acquittals? Suicide. Look, yeah. some people rioted. They're going to go to jail for that. That's, that I understand, and they should. 
Many of these people were bumbling around confused and they lock them up for how long? They raided a woman. I think it was in Alaska. She was the wrong person. (laughs) So then all of a sudden the Republicans take over and Ian, people like you say, it's time to end the witch hunts. And the Democrats go, good, good, good. Because Mm -hmm. when you ask for freedom, when I ask for freedom, you give it to me because it's according to your principles. But uh, what, 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 what's the saying? Actually, it's like when, when Dune. Frank Herbert. Yeah. 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 What's the what's the quote? Uh, you know when what? you were when you were when uh, you were strong, I asked for freedom because it was according to your principles. Uh, now that I am strong, I deny it to you. Deny it to you because that's according to, according to my principles. And so the problem with the liberty minded individuals, civil libertarians, libertarians, conservatives, is they keep doing this and they've kept doing this. Joe Biden should be impeached day one. Yep. For his illicit dealings in Ukraine. But I am willing to bet Republicans are, like Mitch McConnell is going to step up and say, no, we don't want to do that. What would Jesus do? What did he say about buying a sword? Oh, yeah. He who does not have uh, a sword, sell his cloak and buy one. Yeah. So I, I think I think it, it'd be fair to say that um, you're supposed to protect yourself from people who would who would wrong you and try and destroy you. you right. Jesus went yeah. into the temple and he flipped tables because that, those money changers were cheating people. I think the Bible wrote him to be way more passive than he actually was because he did tables? toss tables around in yeah. a temple. So, like, but, that's every, nuts. but everything you know about him is from the Bible and what's written there. So, well, I don't want to make this a religious discussion. Yeah. Okay, but the what, point is, I'm trying to think of the, the it's political. It's, you know, the, the um, you can't be like now that I have power, I will let all of you be free after your illegal no. illegal dealings, your manipulations, your scams, and your criminal behavior. You're all forgiven. One problem with tribunal. They get elected, they come and they lock you up. If you did like a, a a tribunal that was like an independent tribunal that wasn't a governmental thing, it was, I don't know how you could actually do an independent thing this day and age, but you got to make sure that it's not left to its own devices because it will just continue to do what it does, which is root people out. So you got to watch out for like McCarthyism all over again. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, I think just because you can point, and this is sort of the problem with the witch hunt analogy. It, just because you can point to examples in the past that you feel were uh, a group of people being overzeal in their attempt to clean their society up, that doesn't mean that bad people shouldn't be held accountable when they do bad things, and that we shouldn't and, have trials to figure out who's destroying our culture well, the, or the, society. Yeah. The problem is that the right thinks it's having a discussion, and the left knows it's fighting a war. Mm-hmm. They they know this is the ratchet. The the right thinks that they're adhering to a set of principles. They think that they're the ones going by the Constitution, playing fair. We want to be objective. We want to follow the rules. The left knows they're fighting for control of the culture. Politics is about rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. And we can all sit around and pretend like we've made beyond that. And we're better people than that. The end of the, the at the end of the day, that's what works. That's what maintains power, and that's how you win, and that's how you make things better if you're the ones who are going to make things better. And we we don't like that because it feels icky, it feels uh, restrictive, but but it's true. And you, we can cry about it all we want, or we can realize the truth that's been in front of us for many, many years and what plays out every day. We see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's not even as if we're just going, these people are our enemies and we only want to punish them because we disagree with them. They were they were burning down buildings. People yeah. got killed. They destroyed businesses. People were terrified. It's, it's incredible how quickly people forgot what the summer of 2020 was. Yeah, yep. and one of the things that I noticed actually today was that you need to strive to be the better person in your personal life. But when it comes to politics, you have to be pragmatic because the conservatives have attempted to apply political or personal dynamics to politics. They want to be friendly. They want to be the better person. They don't want to do to Katanji Brown-Jackson what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. But they are losing, and that's why the groomers is working. And, but, but, saying. but look at the media narrative on Katanji Brown-Jackson. The president gets up and says, can you believe what those Republicans did? And all these Democrats are like, they besmirched her good name. Yeah. It's like, you accused Brett Kavanaugh of being party to gang rape. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And this is the difference. So whenever and they, and they asked her about her her her, her actual record, right. yes. And so that's my exact point. People compare the right and the left, and any time the right actually shows its teeth or tries to do anything effective, people go, "Oh, they're just as bad as the left," ignoring the fact that we are using actual facts and events that happened to talk about this person's record and not smearing someone without any evidence, which is what they did to Kavanaugh. And to the point about groomers, it's not as if that's the wrong terminology to refer to uh, the people who are opposing this bill once they know it's about preventing adults from having secret conversations about sex with children that they tell them not to repeat to their parents. I think so it's not like the right is going out there saying we're going to uh, use these you know illicit or dirty techniques to go after the left the way they, they do to us. It's the right is saying let's be reasonable and hold people accountable for doing bad things. And then the response from we conservatives is that makes us just as bad as them. We need to excise. This is what we, my metaphor. We, we, we need to start building our own systems, build, con- gaining control of, of, of platforms that we like. Elon Musk buying Twitter, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Daily Wire launching their own uh, children's content, movies and streaming platform kind of stuff, brilliant. When 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 you're on the playground at recess, and the and and the bully kids or whatever are demanding that you say or believe something you don't believe, otherwise you're not cool. Be like, I'm gonna go over on this side of the playground. I'm gonna make my own game. And you guys can't can't play it. And then do something cool and fun and convince people to join you instead of engaging with people who are cheating the whole time. I always tell people this. We're all playing a game of Monopoly. They're overtly cheating every time. And then we just sit there and, and, and for the longest time, the right uh, uh, and and I think now what's helping the right is the is the post liberals joining the fray, giving them a larger uh, a larger uh, amount of forces in the culture war. But for the longest time, we're just like, I know they're cheating, but if I just play harder, I'll win. And it's not even that. It's not even like they're cheating and the right is saying, well, well, we want to follow the rules. It's like they're cheating and then they land on Boardwalk, which we own, and there's hotels on it. And we go, it would be too mean to make them pay the amount that the game says that they should. Yeah, huh. you, you owe me a thousand, but that would bankrupt you. So you can just pass. <laughs> We're going to be really nice Do you to you imagine guys. if you played Monopoly like that? <laughs> yeah. um, I think technically you don't have to take rent if they land on your property. I'm not sure about but, that. Though. Well, you, you don't because you're allowed to do free trade. Um, I, I kind of see this metaphor as if there's a brain worm infested in the the American mind and the left arm is flailing around smacking itself and the right arm's like whoa that arm's out of control cutting off the arm is not the, it might work but it's haven't not the, it's not the idle, solution it's it, just like a band-aid you know dude haven't you seen idle hands with Seth Green no the solution was to lop the hand off Ooh, man I've his seen, hand like, got possessed by the devil or whatever tales from the crypt movie. yeah that that it just doesn't feel right though to like Go after the people when it's this like weird yeah. banking mentality thing when, that seized control of the government. When, when you go on a, a dangerous hike through cold weather and your left hand is frostbitten and rotted and then you, you when you go back into the warmth and it starts thawing, the dead particles can to- toxify your system. Oh, snap. You've got to cut it off. Yeah, you do. You've got to remove it. Has and it gone necrotic? I would, I would say yes, dude. Ugh. Look at what's going on right now. You know, I just tweeted, would progressive parents give their minor sons breast implants if they were uh, trans? Because breast implants are temporary, can be removed, but mastectomies are permanent because they are giving minor girls mastectomies. And that's a shocking question, I suppose. When we get to the point where we're, where we're talking about to what degree are we willing to provide surgeries to children to make them feel better, like the systems and you know what, who was it, who, who was it who said that, um, uh, cultures that are obsessed with gender are on the verge of collapsing like that. Have you heard that? Because yes, we, 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 yeah. we've seen it in many different civilizations. Hmm. The obsession over gender completely ignores the realities of every other mental, uh, you know, dysmorphic issue. 
Like, the only one that matters to the left and to the mainstream media is gender, even though there's many other uh, body dysmorphia issues like weight, like anorexia, or uh, um, what, what, is, what, is bo- what is it, like general body dysmorphic disorder where you want to, like, cut your hands off and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, uh, transableism. I think that's something that, that's what that's called, when you feel like you're in the wrong body, so you cut a piece off and then... It's, it's, it's called, like, general dysmorphic disorder. It was Jordan Peterson that has been talking about this. He was on Rogan talking about it. Episode 1769. Uh, well, actually, have, Ian, it was me is, on Rogan in 2018 talking about it. Technically, it goes back to Aristotle when he <laughs> first... Um. <laughs> no, but but I, this is exactly what I said to Dorsey. I was like, are you going to create protections for people who want to remove their hands or ears or nose or something? I think that's no. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's too far to me, man. When you start surgically cutting yourself off, like, that's too much. They're Come doing on. it already. Yeah. Jeez. Girls so under the age of 18 are already getting permanent top surgery to their chests. Now, I suppose it's up to the parents or whatever, but I kind of feel like when you're an adult and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've crossed a certain threshold where we're like, that's where you're old enough. You make decisions for your life mm-hmm. to do body modification. When we're at the point where there was a study I tweeted about earlier, 13 to 25 year olds, uh, females were uh, surveyed on uh, half of them got mastectomies. Half of them didn't. The median age for the mastectomy was 19, but it included, it was, it was overwhelmingly 14 and 15 year olds. That's cool. child abuse. Who are having their, their breasts removed. Now, the reason I ask this is you can give a male breast implants, and that's temporary. Meaning, at some point, if anything happens, they can be removed and all is, you know, relatively back to normal. But for, for young women, the mastectomies are permanent. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I don't want to get into all of that stuff. Actually, we have a story we can talk about in that regard. But I bring this up when, you, when you're when you saying, has it gone necrotic? And I'm like, the point I bring up with that, how is it that that's a question to be asked of the left based on yeah. their own ideology with their children? Should 14-year-old boys get breast implants? I'm asking that because they are already surgically removing the breasts of girls. Yeah, exactly. So, so once, once we've gotten to the point where the left would say that you know, giving a mastectomy to a minor should be legal and isn't child abuse. You're not dealing with an arm that isn't working. I think it's more akin to a tumor. And the problem is that when it comes on the internet and other kids see it on TikTok and they're like, oh, I want to be accepted, so I'll do what that guy's doing, cutting himself up. That's when it becomes necrotic. That's when you get blood poisoning and sepsis is when it's in the system, infecting the system. I think, uh, you know, typically I say I defer to the doctor's of, you know, many of these, these, these kids and these families. I genuinely believe that there are, there are issues of depression and, and, and dysphoria and all that stuff. And, and they need to find a way to deal with this. In Scandinavian countries that the left uh, often likes to tout in terms of their medical care, they do uh, psychotherapy and they do uh, ther- like, um, like, uh, you know, sessions. They don't, they don't immediately go for pharmaceuticals or surgery. 
So if we were to look to the Scandinavian countries, which are bastions of great medical services, you'd see there's, there's, there's less of, of, of this, you know, circ- uh, less of these circumstances occurring. And maybe that's the right way to do it. Maybe, you know what, I, I, I gotta say, I'm in favor of the, those, those socialist Scandinavians, right? Yeah. yeah. They're not really socialist, but you get my point. Oh, no, yeah, I hear you. They got the, it the, the ma- I'm not trying to get into a conversation about trans. I'm trying to point out that there is a fractured logic in what's happening. There's no conversation about um, body dysmorphia. There's no conversation about people who have who are cutting, cutting their ears, cutting their fingers off and things like that, because those people exist as well. And they're also in very small proportions. There's no conversation about protecting transracial people. In fact, transracial people are shunned and, 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 and mocked. For instance, people like um, Rachel uh, Dolezal. Yeah. Rachel Dolezal. And uh, is Sean King transracial or is he just pre- what, what's he's his deal? Pretending, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, he says he's biracial, right? I don't know, though, because like I, yeah, I, I don't know the story. Slept around, I think, was the issue. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, so he actually does. I don't know. He identifies as biracial, I guess. Like, I mean, he's whiter than Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, he's pretty. He is. White. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty bad. So I, you know, I don't know. The, the, at this point, you know, uh, he's he's still considered. A, I, I guess a lot of people hate him. You know, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Uh, bipartisanly, people hate him. They think he's yeah, good on both sides. but he's still prominent. Yeah, yeah, he's still, still prominent. Right. And so, if we're at the point now where someone who, at the very least, looks overtly white, can give themselves a haircut and put up a sepia tone photograph, and they're considered black, it just feels like there's no cultural cohesion. So, yeah, necrotic. The system is completely broken. Mm-hmm. It makes very little sense. And you've got people right now. The, the article we read the other day, where the guy said, "Why are Republicans so concerned about grooming?" <laughs> And I'm like, okay, yo, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. So I just ignore it. I ignore it. You can't ignore sepsis, though. That's how people die: blood poisoning. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's a good True, point. Yeah. That's right, man. I think you were. I think you made a very cogent point that people are are people's adaptability is overriding their intellect and their strength, and that's a natural part. Like that, what Darwin was saying, a natural part of the survival instinct is you adapt. If you have a totalitarian government and you don't adapt, it kills you. So the adaptable survive. But why? Why? You know, this is the, the thing. You know, when I was talking to this friend of mine, this was like several years ago because we're not friends anymore. She 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 deleted her Facebook. She blocked me. Wow. She blocked me and then deleted her Facebook. And I think it was because the, what I, what I pointed out. That the logic of her mind, what she knew to be true, was conflicted with, with what she had to say in order to survive. But I'm like, why say it to me? You know, like I was having a candid conversation where I wasn't telling her to believe anything. I was asking her questions about what she believed. I had another friend who, who uh, was talking to me on Facebook, and I sent them UN statistics on the refugee crisis. And I think what I said was, what we're seeing with um, the, uh, I think it's the central Mediterranean route for refugees was predominantly economic migrants from places like Nigeria. And the, the Eastern route was uh, refugees from Syria and Afghanistan. And she got really angry and blocked me. And I'm like, what? yo, I'm not messaging my friends and being like, you're so dumb. I was like, hey, how's it going? How you been? And then they're talking like, I'm just really upset about what's going on with the refugee stuff and these crises. And I'm like, yeah, man, I hear you. It's, it's, it's brutal stuff. And then they'd say something like, all of these people are just fleeing war. And I can't understand why we can't help them. And then I said, well, I mean, the news we're actually seeing about Italy is actually the central route. Here, here's an article from the UN. And they were like, F you, bam. <laughs> that sounds block. like a, a six-year relationship I was in. I'd try and bring up logic. And she'd be like, yeah, you don't understand me. And I'm like, okay, okay. logic isn't the way to communicate with everyone. Sometimes you need emotion mm-hmm. and to listen. Yeah, but when someone says, I'm mad about something that isn't happening. And then I'm, and then I'm like, oh, well, you know, here's what the UN is saying. Yeah. And then they freak That's out right. even more. The, the system I would have, she'd be like, I'm, in, I'm in pain. I'm having a hard time. They'd be like, well, you know, if you did this, it would make you, and she'd be like, I don't want, I just want you to tell me it's going to be okay. You know, and it's like, 
That's logic. It's just it's just the other half Men of communication. Men are from Mars. Women yeah. are from Venus. <laughs> Hello. If there's a lesson we should learn from all this, it's that the marketplace of ideas is a fiction. It's not a real thing. It's not how societies change their minds. It's not how individuals change their mind. Yes, of course, we all have rational conversations, and there are situations where you can bring facts to people, and if they're open to you, they're going to go ahead and change mind, but they have to be pretty close to you already, right? You rarely get to a situation where someone is on the entirely different spectrum, or you don't have a large amount of trust built up with them, and you just drop the facts on them, and they say, oh, okay, you're right. I'll just go ahead and concede this thing that totally alters and shatters my worldview because you happen to bring me facts. That's not how people work, unfortunately. It's again. It's it's about making sure to understand how these things get communicated, how this information gets manipulated, and until people have a better understanding of how that happens, and people on the right and the post left are willing to understand that and utilize that, I think they're going to continue to just kind of fall on their face, trying to have these circular arguments that never go anywhere. I have a solution. Oh, Elon. <laughs> the market cap of Twitter, I believe, is around what fifty billion dollars. You have access to that level of capital. Now you're going to have to sell a decent amount of Tesla. That could be dangerous for you. I understand, but you're rich. Buy 100% of Twitter and then shut it down completely. Now, first of all, I'm joking, right? But I'm only half joking. The problem we're facing is that Twitter keeps people in the cult. To get someone out of a cult, you have to remove them from the cult. Expose them to a diversity of worldviews and opinions So they can see that this one cult worldview isn't correct. But what happens when you go to someone and say, you know, X plus Y equals Z as like like a fact statement. Like here's here's, Hunter Biden was doing illicit dealings in Ukraine. And based on the evidence of him sharing a bank account with his dad, it seems likely that Joe Biden was involved in illicit dealings. Joe Biden got the prosecutor fired. We know all these stories. Give them that information. The problem is they open their phone right back up and they get sucked right back into the cult patting them on the back, hugging them, telling them, no, no, they're the cult. We're the right ones. Mm. We're the ones who are telling you the truth. Like Brian Stelter. Do you guys see that that high school kid? I think it was a high school kid, right? Uh, it's college freshman. College freshman. Yeah. He he said he asks Brian, like, here's all the stories that you guys have gotten wrong. Yeah. And Brian goes, when that reporter got seriously injured in Ukraine, we all were there for him. Because that's what real what? news does. What? Talk about, I, I called him a politician. Yeah. He didn't answer the question. Yes. It sounds he like did. something Michael Scott would say. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like that's a what he did. office quote. Because <laughs> yeah. they're a cult. Uh, yes. Now, of course, the right has their zealots. But here's the funny thing. That ain't us. Luke ragged on Trump nonstop. Mm-hmm. Ian rags on Trump. But we have, we try to have real conversations about this to the best of our abilities. And they would call us the cult. So when you've got a cult that genuinely believes they're right and they're wired in, how do you get them away from it unless you delete Twitter outright? Now, pondering upon that, imagine how bad it will be in the metaverse when people are just plugged in like the board. Yeah, there's no escape. No, I'm staying away from any kind of hyper-reality as much as possible. (laughs) No, no, thank you. How embedded are you in your device these days? I mean, I can't pretend. (laughs) You're good at Twitter. I I spend some time on Twitter. That's true. But uh, uh, no, just just thinking along these lines, what do we do moving forward when Twitter has become the the hive cult that people are already plugged in? Whether you get an implant for it or not, people are wired to the to the net. They're in the matrix already, man. What do you do? I got to have a, 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 an unlimited amount of Twitters, basically. It's the only way with unlimited amounts of terms of service because you're never going to please everyone. That's that's not the issue. The issue is these people are already on Twitter. And when you say, here's the truth, here's the evidence, they go, whoa, I didn't realize that. Then they pick up their phone and retreat back to their safe space. It doesn't matter if it's Twitter or Minds or BitChute. 
It's people building communal safe spaces for confirmation. So this is probably the war you were talking about. It's like a constant erosion of thought and regrowth of thought. I mean, ideally, we would all actually have safer spaces. And I know that's not going to be a popular thing to say. But the the reality is that America is not a country that's going to build consensus ever again. And we, we, we need to come to that realization. Uh, we need to understand that the people who are, you know, in California, you know, going, you know, setting this kind of stuff up for kids and the people who are in deep red states who are banning it. I think it was Alabama just, just banned it. They live entirely different lives. They have entirely different value systems. There is no overlap anymore. It, in a lot of exactly. ways, there never was. We, we think of America as one, uh, cohesive culture, but really until World War II, it wasn't. There wasn't that level of mass communication to build that kind of thing. There wasn't a level of standardized education to bind people together under a certain amount of experiences. Everyone's seeing the same movie. Everybody's listening to the same music. It simply didn't exist. And so I, I think it's actually really unhealthy for everyone to be linked together across a country where people basically like desperately disagree on all kinds of uh, value-based issues. And we would all be in a much better situation if people could go back to being able to have smaller communities and more regional moralities and be able to deal with their own way. Unfortunately, I don't think that uh, the government's going to let people do that, but Here, I think that would be the better solution. Here's something to consider, too, based on what you're saying. You know, back in the day, our elections tended to be more lo- more local right? because of the way communication happened. Even in the past 20 years, local news outlets... They, you know, you, you turn on your Channel 5 News or whatever, and it's your town, your region. You're getting information based on this area. It still to this day exists, but for the most part, it's dying out. Now what, what ends up happening is someone like Ocasio-Cortez stands up and screams her radicalism and her insane ideas about farting cows. And there's one crazy person in every city who normally has no power. But when they heed the call on the Internet, they now focus fire their donations to someone like AOC, who is then able to win in her district and get into federal office. This is this is taking the radical voices that are normally disparate across the country, unifying them in a digital space, amplifying their power, and then creating serious hyperpolarization in government. And God forbid, across the world, it's no longer like a, a national. It's like people in the China can donate to AOC, you know, through whatever means they feel like they got to go through. That and and uh, it's illegal, but they fi- they figure out ways to do it. It's 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 insane. People need to understand this: how easy it is for any country to put money into our elections. China can reach out to Seamus and say, would you be willing to uh, 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 animate something for us and we'll pay you $10,000? And Seamus goes, oh yeah, great. You know, it's it's just some Chinese company. Then he gets paid 10 grand and then he's got this money. And he goes, I'm going to donate to a politician. Hmm. Of course, you know, in that circumstance, we're, we're talking about the, 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 the subversive method of they could hire, like Russia does this, right? Russia was hiring people who had dissident views to work for RT and Sputnik. Someone who was an anti-establishment or dissident voice would be paid, and that alone gave them resources to function in the, in, in the United States and allow their ideas to flourish more. China can do the same thing. They can find a bunch of social justice activists, put money into nonprofits. The nonprofits will then fund these activists who then help support these politicians. Or if they want to be a bit more direct, they can get an American citizen who does something illegal and just takes a contract with them, knowing they want him to give money to politicians or start super PACs. And I would imagine corporations could do that as well. 
could send the money. So it wouldn't have to be like the CCP. Corporations do it all the time, bro. Yeah. Corporations. Foreign dump corporations. Hundred, oh yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars into, into political action committees and other nonprofits. And they can, they can, they can do all of these things. Uh, short of like a complete global power outage, I don't see any way to go back. Like a great reset? Huh. Unfortunately, that would, they'd still have power. Mm. Yeah. A great reset with no power, eh, that's a, that's another conversation. I don't have the answers, man. I can just see bad stuff happening. And so it's, I'm so blackpilled lately. Help me. Well, well no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. We, we started by talking about how we need only steer the ship. Huh. CNN, all these networks are sinking. But They're that's imploding. bad. They're, they just got bought. It's a corporate, uh, oligarch. They're laying people off. They're consolidating because they're falling apart, bro. Well, that might be, that might be true. Yeah. But it's the one corporation bought three more. Who is it? Who bought Look, who? Discovery just, bought Warner. Yep. They bought Warner. And Mer- merger with Warner. They merged listen, with listen. Warner. Okay. Just remember how well the Daily Wire and Tim Cast are doing. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. You can we're start your own company too. You can whip it up pretty quick these days. That's right. We're looking at these companies crumbling. We're looking at Democrat polls collapsing. Republicans in Pennsylvania switching, uh, 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 stealing Democrat voters four to one. So for every for every Republican who quits to be a Democrat, Republicans get Democrats four to one. I don't know if you guys it's know, but news. it's super easy to start a corporation. Like really, really easy. You go to like I went to LegalZoom.com and then it's like 300 bucks huh. and you start now you have your own corporation. It's incredible. It might be a little more than that. I don't know. But you, but if you, you have a businessman, you can make it happen. Yeah, but you don't just need a corporation. You need a business. You need you a need, bank account. You need a you need business a to become a corporation. Yeah. So what I found is don't incorporate until you're you have income or you're about to start getting income and then you incorporate because you need to. As opposed to, I'm start a corporation. And be like, one of these days, I'm going to start using it. No, 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 no. If 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 uh, I'm not giving anybody advice, I'll just tell you, uh, in my personal opinion, if you as an individual are doing work, you act as a sole proprietor. Once you get to a certain degree of income, or you want to start hiring, then you can formalize your corporation for those reasons. If you start taking on assets and you want to protect, you want to limit liability, then you create a limited liability corporation for those reasons. So you can separate your assets out from the company and your personal assets. If if you're just like a contractor who does odd jobs here and there, you, you don't necessarily need a, need, need a, a, a corporation, depending on what you do. But a lot of people will create single-member LLCs to run their business through to limit liability. I didn't learn it in public school, which is why I brought it up on the show. I think more people should know about Isn't it and funny? be taught that. Yeah, it was tough for me starting everything up because I had to figure it out on my own. And I had all this different advice and, and, and people telling me different things. And we don't do that for our kids. The fascinating thing to me is that a kid is more likely to learn how to bind their chest than how to start a company. Mm. Yikes. Yeah, has anyone thought about that? A kid is more likely to learn how to tuck his genitals between his legs <sighs> than he will learn how to open a bank you, account. And you mean at public school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not yep. my kids. Oh, no. So we've got this, this bill in, second, uh, 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 in New Jersey about second graders who have to you know learn about identity and all that stuff. And it's like... Shouldn't we teach these kids about basic elements of society before we teach them about, you know, inner workings of biology? Yeah, it's not as if our educational system is doing really well. Our test results are higher and our children are performing well relative to the children in other developed countries. So we can just add all this extra stuff on top of it. I mean, Pakistani our system's studies. abysmal. But of course, even if our system was doing very well and there was more to add, it wouldn't be this disgusting, perverted nonsense that's you know, going to sexually confuse these kids. The fascinating thing to me is I remember I used to tell people this stat that in South Africa – a little girl is more likely to be raped than learn how to read. Huh. The stats are horrifying. And now to see it in the United States that, you know, a kid is more likely to learn how to bind their, you know, their breasts as opposed to learn how to open a bank account or start a business. Like that should be alarming to people. 
This is very alarming to me because they asked a bunch of 11-year-old boys what they thought they should be learning in school, and they gave them a very comprehensive list. Here are some of the things. They want to learn about sewing and repairing things, hunting and foraging, money and budgeting, taxes and insurance, healthcare and first aid, cars and mechanics, just to name a few. Kids are not the kind of... They think that kids are like these social justice widgets. I think that's what Ben Shapiro said that the public school system views them as. And they are not. Children are small people that deserve to learn about things like opening bank accounts and starting companies. They do not need to be gender confused by such an early age. And if there is ever anything to fight against, this is it. And we don't have Mm -hmm. the choice anymore not to fight. There is no option anymore. If you value your children... This is what you have to do. But, but I think Jack Posobiec is the one who says it, that fighting back is just having a family. Right. Yeah. All, he ha- says ha- it all the time. Have a family. Yeah. Work your, work your job. Rebel. Make yeah. Mike Cernovich says, Mike Cernovich says, make money. Yeah. The medium is Be the successful. message. That's it. The way you deliver the message is, is the message. Homeschool your kids. Yes. I was homeschooled from... Uh, like pre-kindergarten for, for as, as soon as I could communicate in any way, my mom was trying to teach me stuff. We were learning, uh, my brothers and sisters, we learned math when we were like before we were even five. I was learning how to play chess when I was three. I tell people, you know, I've talked to people and they say, oh, my three-year-old couldn't possibly learn that stuff. They're too young. Right. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if they can start teaching them now. It may be harder for them because they're only three, but trust me, they are learning. They're not learning as fast as an adult would learn, but they are learning. I hear people say, oh, it's so easier to, it's so much easier to learn a language when you're a little kid. And I, and I, my response is, no, it isn't. How long does it take a human baby to become fluent in English to have a political conversation with you? It takes a while. Sorry, it takes like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can have a 12 year old who can speak English to you, but they're going to be like, I don't know what those concepts mean. I don't know what those things are. But a human being who's 30 years old, on average, I believe it takes around 44 weeks for a, a, a European, for, from someone who speaks a, a Germanic or Romance language to learn a Germanic or Romance language and be fluent in it enough to actually have political conversations. And it's because all of that element of, of lear- learning, all, all of that wisdom and knowledge you've gained mm-hmm. from your life plays a role in your ability to learn. But also, it's extremely easy to say to someone, you know, uh, uh, basura is garbage. And they instantly connect those because they already understand the concepts of language. Whereas... It takes, uh, uh, you know, how long, like, for, for to, aside from knowledge, getting a kid to actually be able to speak to you is, is what, eight or ten years before they're actually talking and expressing, like, real conversations and asking real questions. So at a younger age, it's actually harder to learn things. But I just say this because don't assume just because your kid is three, they can't learn. It just will take them longer, but you should be teaching them everything you can. And you, and my, my opinion on this is always speak to your children like adults. Yes. I always do that. If a kid says something to me like, how, how do I turn on the game? I'll be like, press the power button and the remote's on top. I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm not going to be like, okay, well, this is the controller. Here's how you use it. I'm going to be like, that's the controller. Pick it up, play it. Use the, you'll figure it out. Press the buttons until you figure out what makes them go. Mm -hmm. They'll ask you when they need you and let them figure it out on their own. I, I think exactly. I remember a conversation that I might be fabricating this, but I seem to remember this conversation with my mom. I was really young watching Sesame Street and they were always talking Spanish on Sesame Street. And I asked my mom, like, can I learn Spanish? And she said, no, it's too hard. What? And that would basically shut my mind down to it for my entire life until I was in my twenties and thirties and I, and I became sovereign and I, and I knew I could do anything I wanted to do mentally. Um, so if you're a mom out there, don't tell your kid it's too hard. Tell them, yeah, you can. And then learn it with them. Yeah. 
I uh, I follow a bunch of these uh, Instagrams that are for like raising kids from a young age, and one of the things that a majority of them recommend is just sitting down with your baby and reading to them. And that's so interesting to me because my siblings and I were all homeschooled all of our lives, except for like the last two years of high school for me and my sister. But my parents read to us. And then there came a point where they would take our books away from us to punish us. And all <laughs> of us, all of us, we would read under the covers with flashlights. This is how we would get in trouble. We get like, you know, spanked for this or whatever. I don't remember how they punished us for this, but we were constantly reading and they thought this was great. All of our vocabularies are incredibly well-developed and we're not weird homeschooled kids. People have this fear of homeschooling. They say, well, they're not going to be like other kids. They're not going to be socialized with other kids. My siblings and I were, as you say, we were constantly around adults and the adults thought that we were incredibly charming because we were well-behaved. We knew what adults expected and we understood that we were going to be adults. So we were working towards that. That was our goal. We didn't just want to stay kids forever. And I think that's a really huge problem with modern people is that they want to stay kids forever. It's become yeah. a real issue. And I think homeschooling is going to revolutionize us, hopefully, in the near future. No, that's very true. And you're correct. A lot of people will say homeschool kids are weird and they don't <laughs> fit in with the other kids. It's like, well, maybe I don't want them to fit in with the kids who right. are getting mastectomies when they're 15 years <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, seriously. The little soldiers that are being built. Yeah. The little machines. Little foot soldiers. Yeah, I don't want my kid to feel normal around that environment. That environment was crazy. Public school, I mean. That environment was crazy. I got pushed in the locker. I mean, I think... I see kids beating each other, yeah, hitting no each other in the got, face for like what? Because somebody looked at the other guy wrong. You got like, pushed what? in the locker. Well, yeah, me and my friends, I came up and knocked my books out of my hand one time. Aww. I was like, dude. Me and my friends would purposely go in the lockers and hide in them. <laughs> oh, that's not better. So you wouldn't get beat up. Well, that's so, the strategy. That's, that's next level. We, we, there. we didn't, we didn't that's really have. Like, there's an episode of The Simpsons. We didn't about have that problem. Well, so I only went to high school for a couple months, but in grade school. And the public school I went to, there wasn't really a big problem. I got into a fight like once, I think. Yeah, one. I got into one fight. And it was with a friend of mine. Yeah, he was a, a friend of mine too. And but like we didn't really have bullies, you know, it wasn't really a thing. Uh, there was the popular kid, and then people kind of just did their thing. Someone stole my Pokemon game once. That that kind of pissed me off. We used to walk through the halls, and there'd be huge crowds of kids would be walking through the halls, all like shuffling, and I'd go. <laughs> Because it looks like a bunch of cattle being shuffled around. So you were the bully, Ian. That's what we're <laughs> yeah, that was how I got back at very, him. Very you guys cool. ever see uh, Thirty Rock, Mm-mm. where uh, uh, Tina Fey's character is talking about how everyone was always mean to her in high school, and that, and then it shows how she remembers them making fun of her. But then what actually happened is everyone else remembers it, and she was the bully, and she was. <laughs> I figured out why I was bullied though. In elementary school, I was really good friends with everybody. Then we started playing sports, and I was really bad. I, I had indoor eyes because I watched TV and played video games a lot, mm. so I couldn't hit the baseball. And my parents didn't give me help me get any training, so we couldn't afford it. So all the kids that were my friends in elementary school just I was on their baseball team. I would strike out every time, and they we, we were coming last oh, every wow. season. So I, in middle school comes, I'm like, why are they so mean to me? All my friends are not. They're all sitting over there, and I'm alone at this table with the nerds now. No offense, guys, if you're out there. I love you still. Um, and now I get it. Looking back, it was because of my inability to integrate or adapt with these guys. And so I don't blame them anymore. Well, how the tables have turned, because nowadays, you know, if a, if a kid of that age isn't good at video games because he spent too much time playing sports, he's probably going to be ostracized. Yeah, for sure. I disagree. I saw a, a post. Um, I think this was from Alexis Ohanian, former uh, – I think he was – I don't know if he's still with Reddit, but he, used to, he was the founder of Reddit. And he said, sports will be the only medium to survive – because it's the only medium with no social media, digital or internet equivalent. He's right. Mm. Inter- so when you look at uh, uh, like movies and stuff, it's online. It's, it's streaming. Sports, all of that streaming and everything. But you you need someone. You you need the physical presence of the sport. Esports obviously exist, but still people are playing the games and actively doing things. Whereas everything else is on demand. 
you know, sporting events are still events. The people, yeah, the people I know who have cable are have it specifically for sports at this point. There's no other right. reason. Exactly. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. When it comes to movies on demand, watch what you want when you want to watch it. When it comes to sporting events, it's well, those events are happening. When it comes to music, well, music whenever you want. You don't you don't need to go to the concert. You can watch the concert live streamed. You can re you can rerun sporting events for sure. But sporting events happen in the real world, and people want to watch the real world versions of them. So I think I think that's a fair point. I think. Sporting will be the only thing to make it. Yeah. I do think esports I mean, are Well, I'm, I'm not talking about institutional sports. I'm just saying more and more kids are, are playing video games and spending time on social media, and parents aren't putting as much emphasis on getting them involved in team sports. How do you feel so about it's, that it's, I don't general. think it's as much a – like it, it, it's, it's been declining over the years. So like even when I was a kid growing up in the you know late 90s, early 2000s, my parents would constantly talk about the fact that when they were kids, you'd be outside playing you know pickup baseball or – Whatever other sport, and my generation wasn't doing that as much. Uh, but it's also it's interesting because that, that also depends on where you grew up. Because whenever I'd be out in the city with my cousins, we'd actually be more likely to to play outdoor sports like that in the street. Admit it, Seamus, you were a Southside Chicago troublemaker. That's that's not true. All right, I never <laughs> went out there to cause no trouble. You know what's funny? I was about, always being very good. Well, but this is really funny. You know, all the gangs in Chicago are basically like religious organizations. They're like the gangs are called the Disciples, the Bishops, the Popes. Hmm. I can't, it, 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 no, I've, I've heard some of the names. No, That's interesting. I think they're trying to uh, co-opt the good name of these religious and clerical titles. Yeah. I mean, there are a bunch no, of gangs. No, it's interesting. I mean, not the, not the SDs, right? They're, what is it? The what? SDs? The Saint, Saint Disciples? Saint Disciples. Oh, yeah. 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 They're out there, too. Yeah. And then there's, like, different sects of each of these uh, of these gangs. Like, there's we, there were the Almighty Popes, the Insane Popes. And I'm like, why are they the Popes? Like, there's one Pope, you know? What? What, was so what if they were like the imams or something? Yeah, My friend was like, what's next? The they choir like- boys? <laughs> <laughs> were you, what was your past like? Did you grow up like indoor or were you playing a lot of sports? Uh, you know, I, it, I definitely played sports when I was young in, in elementary school and stuff. I didn't so much get into in them in high school, but then actually I really got into that kind of stuff. Actually in college, I got into uh, mixed martial arts and, and that kind of stuff and judo and so it's not something that was a big part of my high school, but it's something I came to appreciate a little later. So I, when you know, I wouldn't go to watch a ton of uh, sporting events, but then you know, with UFC and stuff, I go out and watch the, the big fights and that kind of thing. I have yeah. such a mixed feeling on athletics. I know there's mad value in athletics and having kids wrestle and play and stuff, but I would play basketball and they would throw elbows at my face, and I'm like, first of all, I don't want to get my cheekbone broken. Second of all, I don't want to break that guy's cheekbone, and it's going to be one or the other if you keep throwing elbows. Can I, so I stop playing, or or you can skate. Well, I fell off and dislocated my left toe, and I missed our Washington D.C. trip. So I was like, "Well, f that! I'm not skating again." <laughs> Just start the first running. Day. That hurt. We used to go to cross country. <laughs> oh, come on, dude! No pain, no I'm gain. You, we would go to cross Ian, country. This is why you got bullied. My friends were like, <laughs> "Probably." We went to cross. I was like, "I'm gonna do cross country." My sophomore year of high school. My friends are doing. I'm doing. We go and they're like, "Okay, first thing, conditioning. Two hours a day after school, you're gonna be pumping iron, running." I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" I, it's so much pain. I'm not enjoying a moment of it. Like, what is the purpose of running? I run to get somewhere. I don't run for fun. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of running. I like skating. I don't like team sports. I like individual sports. You know, uh, action sports are more are are, are in, in a sense similar to like martial arts. It's an individual. You're, you're driving yourself. You're you're pursuing something that you want to attain. You accomplish your goals. There's no cheating. You can't lie. I mean, you can lie, but people don't care. They're like, you know, show me the video if you claim to do the trick. It's like, oh, I, I, I did a front board down that 15-stair rail. It's like, no, you didn't, dude. We know you're lying. We know you can't do that. That's well beyond your capabilities. But it's about you. The only thing that really matters when you're skating is, can I overcome myself every day? 
you're doing it for yourself to, to drive, to grow, to better yourself, and you get fit in the process. And well, it hurts all the time. It's called paying your dues. Whenever someone falls... Paying your dues? Paying your dues. Oh, paying, yeah. So whenever someone falls, I'm like, you got to pay your dues. You know, you don't, you, you, you don't get to, you know, launch off an eight-foot ramp 10, 12 feet in the air and then come down 300 times without taking one slam and hurting your elbow. Pay yeah. your dues, Ian. No pain, you, no gain. Yeah. You were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say that that's one of the great things about something like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is it's something that teaches you, like, you can't be a jerk all the time because, like, every single day you get on the mat and someone is immediately better than you. When you step in, they're choking you out every single time. They're tapping you <laughs> out all the time. And so you, you have to be humbled. You have to learn to tell someone, like, yep, you could have totally killed me right there. And then I have to get back on the mat with that person and learn to do it again and get better and better and better. So there's a self-improvement, but there's also a humility aspect at the same time. And the people who succeed over time i think are are usually you know the people who can take that on and learn from it i think it's really beneficial for people yeah absolutely and i i can't speak so much to jujitsu but i would agree i think actually self-improvement and humility are indispensable to one another i mean you, you cannot improve unless you're willing to acknowledge that you're you not got perfect you, you guys ever see that episode of south park about sarcastable yeah yes. uh-uh. <laughs> so they don't want the kids good. getting hurt so they're all like they're playing football with like balloons or whatever oh yeah that's, oh, that's speak- where we're going everybody gets a trophy i was playing flag football because i was like well the one sport i love is flag football because you don't have to ram into each other and so we were throwing the ball caught the balls running so fast so fast that i tore my mcl just by running i was uh, my mind was it can make my body do things that the body can't handle mm-hmm. and i had to learn that lesson in a bloody two-week healing i didn't have any uh, health insurance i just massaged it and held my hands on it for like two or three weeks as i limped around and to this day it's not the same yeah my goal when i have kids is to have them do solo sports like rollerblading or skateboarding or skiing or snowboarding and also have them do team sports because i really feel like both of these different facets teach you different skills and i feel like you should probably have both of them like teach your daughters how to dance you've got to teach them all how to like i don't know program computers there's lots of fun stuff you can do i think that sports is just one of the things that kids really need to engage with to really see how interesting physical fitness is and how good they can be at it It gives them such a sense of accomplishment i think it's really powerful parents in my opinion should be teaching should be making their kids learn something yes be it a sport or an instrument but they should also be around other kids doing it so they have a community of peers that inspire them to, you know, better themselves. I think one of the problems with a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of the people, like, uh, friends of mine who've been growing, who, who, when we were growing up, they're like, my parents make me do this or that. It's like, my mom's making, go, making me go to piano lessons. I don't want to go. Well, the reason they want to go is because we were all going to hang out at the park. If they were hanging out playing, you know, in band with a, with a, with a group of kids and writing songs, they'd be like, oh, yay, I'm really excited. My, friends, my, my mom's dropping me off with my friends hmm. to play music. So that was always fascinating to me. It's like, why don't you like playing piano? I love playing guitar. I go and hang out with my friends and play the guitar. We write songs. Ah, none of your friends play piano or play music. They do other things. Mm. One of the biggest problems, you know, I noticed when I was growing up was how many parents had their kids do literally nothing. They'd be like, ah, they're kids. It's like, well, what do you mean they're kids? Well, they're just going to go ride their bikes and, and play games. When I was, when I was, you know, 10, 13, I was doing flash animation. I was making websites on flash. I was reading news. I was developing my own video games. I was building my own computers. I was learning how to play the guitar and the drums, and I was skateboarding, all of those things. And I love doing all those things. Why was I doing them, though? For one, I'm very much, you know, always been self-driven and curious, and I wanted to learn how to do things. I wanted to, like, make these games. I wanted to make them better. I thought they were done wrong. But also, my friends, for the most part at the skate park, were skating. I had another group of friends that had a band, and if I wanted to hang out with them during band, like, I had to play an instrument. 
I had a bunch of friends who had computers and were on the, on the internet and built their own computers and were hacking stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, when I come home from skating and playing music, I can go on AIM and talk to them and we can goof off. So there was actually a community that, you know, encouraged me to do this as well. What were your guys' main, like, play things that you would do growing up? Well, I called in to talk radio when I was, like, in fifth grade, so I'm a very normal person. <laughs> awesome. uh, you know, I have a very particular brain, and so, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Magic I, Gathering? I, I tried calling to talk yeah. radio. They'd, ne- they'd never take my calls. I was going to say, right. I used to write letters to the editor when I was, like, nine, and some of them got published, and I was always so proud. So, uh, yes, I, I used to I used to hang out at a comic shop playing Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, and we would we would get there super early as soon as they opened on Saturday. We'd watch Dragon Ball Z in the background. We would play when the Dragon Ball Z card game uh, card game came out. We'd play that. We'd play Pokemon. Eventually, we stopped playing Pokemon because it was just when the Japanese cards made it over and they weren't they weren't regulated properly. None of us had the money to compete, so we started playing Magic. We started drafting, but. By around noon, we're all bored, so we'd grab our skateboards, and we'd go skate around the neighborhood for a few hours. We'd leave our backpacks at the card shop, then come back later when everyone's drafting and keep yeah, playing Yeah, we would cards. do it with bikes. That was very similar. In the early days, we I would um, I played a lot of video games, as much of video games as I could since I was like three, Atari. But then my mom would be like, get off the video games, and throw me out of the house and stuff. Get out of here. You be outside for three hours. So I started making movies. <laughs> you're going to get bullied. Yeah. Go out there. I started, We're going to do things. Started, so she was, Ian, this is why you're getting bullied. <laughs> you're getting bullied, Ian. Grow your hair out. to run. Oh, you only run to get She's somewhere. You're never going to get anywhere. Um, but so I started make play acting. We'd go around the neighborhood and be like, okay, I'm John and you're Lisa now. Yeah, and then we'd be like characters. And yes. then I got into acting later in life. That was, but I don't think I would have done that if she didn't kick me off the video games over and yes. over. I'm concerned about the metaverse. It was, mm. it was a, it was a, it was actually a heartwarming story until the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's still heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this. Talk about this one other story, just totally off, just random. Uh, from TimCast.com, South Carolina schedules first execution since completion of firing squad chamber. Whoa. Is this a picture of it? South Carolina has scheduled its first execution of a death row inmate Whoa. since completing the firing squad That's chamber. Is, 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 now, now hold on there a minute, guys. Are you saying they're going to firing squad this person? They say executions in the state have been halted for the last decade due to the difficulty of obtaining the drugs used for lethal injections, leaving 35 death row inmates in limbo. Last year, they made the electric chair their primary method for carrying out death, but said that they would give inmates an option to choose death by firing squad or lethal injection. Panel, which would you prefer? Lethal injection, electric chair, firing squad. Oren. I'm definitely going to go with firing squad for the coolness factor, though I'm pretty sure the lethal <laughs> injections probably uh, not the as painful. painful. Though, though it, it's it, the it, most painful. It could be. It, like, it I, I guess it depends on how because the cocktail has been messed up before, right? I no, think no, 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 no. It literally is the most it painful. Is? Oh, okay. Yeah, they paralyze you first, so you can't express the pain. Ah. But uh, it's my understanding because I read a lot about it is that lethal injection is actually a slow, excruciating death. No, I, I would think that electric chair would be the worst, right? Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, no, I would go with fire. Yeah, your your sure. eyes like don't they like boil and burst out oh, of your skull? Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, yeah, I think carbon monoxide poisoning. I don't know why they don't do that. They that would be painless. Yeah, they actually do. They have these suicide pods where they gradually increase the level of carbon. Where? Oh, oh yeah, where yeah. was that? I like it's Sweden or something. Yeah, we talked about that before. The I suicide boots. I picked firing. Somebody squad watched too much Futurama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gross. But I'd have to take the firing squad. I think I'd take the firing squad. What about you, firing Seamus? squad. Yeah, honestly, I think firing squad would probably be the least painful. Did they get rid of it because they didn't want the soldiers to feel guilty about like who hit the the killing bullet? No, no, no. That's why they do it. Yeah, exactly. I, I no think, one knows who yeah. actually killed the person. Right. I think one of them has a gun with blanks in it or something like that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Wow. And, and so you could be the one who had the and then the no blanks. Yeah. And so you don't assumes. know. That's perfect. But it's also it's it's. I mean, I guess the problem with the firing squad is like, what if they all hit your stomach? 
Net fire, get fire yeah, the fires they, they at that point. Get new ones. I don't know. Heart, probably I probably do center mass right at your heart. I don't know, to be honest. What do you guys think of, well, first of all, so I oppose the death penalty. I don't, I, I would prefer none of these things. And um, the issue I have with it is if you've contained someone already, I don't see a reason to end their life. Like they're, they're not, don't let them out. Obviously, if they're like serious offenders, but if they're like locked in a concrete box, what sucks is like, you got to pay for them. You've got to pay for their food and their life and everything. And that's more than a lot of people deserve. That's for sure. But then it's just a scary thought to me to be like killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah, but how is locking them away forever working, right? We don't do that. Like, that's the problem is that right. we, we do all this early yeah. release stuff. Mm. You know, something comes out, you have COVID issues or, you know, <laughs> someone can be re- rehabilitated. That would be a better option. That actually used to be, right? That was the worst penalty you could receive in, in a lot of cultures was, you know, you just were, you know, sent to the hinterlands and you couldn't, but, <laughs> but now, you know, global community, it's not as big a punishment as it used to be. I mean, if, well, let's, let's play this game. Um, electric chair, lethal injection firing squad or they put you in a little dinghy and kick you off into the ocean Ooh. <laughs> i take the ocean on that one you see most people would be like yeah but that's a, you starve that's to death brutal. either you starve yeah. or you find land they kick you out into it into international waters and say good luck at least that, you got a chance that, yeah that what, what do you think other countries would say they'd be like dude your murderers are washing up on our shores <laughs> they'd <laughs> go they'd go they're not sending their best okay <laughs> they're not sending their best to <laughs> yeah. us i mean i guess there's like islands you know, you can just eat coconuts or whatever. So what do you guys think about the death penalty? Are you for the death penalty? What do you guys think? Nah, death penalty's bad. You're pretty against it Tim by nature. No. What, Seamus, what are you feeling? I'm not, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I, I lean, yeah, against, I would say. I lean towards against, but it's it's not something I've like completely worked out. Do you think Orange? Yeah, I'm, I'm pro. Like, you, you have a situation where uh, people do heinous things. You need a good deterrent. You need to send a message for those things. And like I said, also the, in, you know, the indefinite, uh, incarceration thing, I think is in often crueler, but on top of that is also extremely costly and unlikely to occur in the long run as societies find All ways right. to release these people. Here's my question for you. How mm-hmm. many innocent people are you willing to kill to guarantee you mm. kill the bad guys? Well, again, the, this is always the question of all rule enforcement throughout all society, right? How many mm. innocent people are we willing to lock away in prison? How many uh, innocent people are we willing to kill? And the answer is you're always going to have fault. Any, any legal system is going to have some level no, of failure. I, I get it. I get it. But how many innocent people would you personally be willing to kill to make sure the bad guys get killed again i don't have a hard number but it wouldn't but it, be but zero it's greater than one yeah uh you see that i have a problem with that right if there's but one righteous person i i i i i don't trust the state i don't trust people like kamala we've seen how she's acted towards people who were who should have been released from prison uh people who had evidence exonerating them and her and her department was like no nah, we're gonna keep them anyway um the state has more often shown that it's willing to cover up its faults because they don't want people to realize they execute innocent people. So they'll lie about it and execute innocent people. And uh, it is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. My solution to that, I suppose, is called the Second Amendment. I look at what the Founding Fathers had in mind. Don't have innocent people suffer. Everybody gets guns. And I'm like, okay, well, that means there may be accidents. There may be conflict. But you you leave more up to the individuals to defend themselves. It's their personal responsibility. And you leave more up to uh, uh, the state... I mean, the state backs away from potentially killing innocent people, which it has even even in the, in the founding fathers time. The, the, the issue I, I, I find here with the death penalty is if the if the amount of innocent people is greater than one, then the state is murdering innocent people. And I don't think it's worth it. If you've locked someone in a box, they can't get out. The worst case scenario in, in this circumstance is you got an innocent person locked in a box, but at least you're not 
killing them and making an innocent person walk down death row to an electric chair or a firing squad or a lethal injection. Because just imagine being that person and them saying, hey, look, we get it. You, you might be innocent, but hey, system's got to do what the system does. Nah, I say screw that, man. Lock the person in a box. Lock them away. There's 35 people. It, it, it sucks. But my attitude is I would personally rather pay what I could to keep these people locked up permanently than to be party to the execution of an innocent person. But it's imagine, not easy, though. But imagine you're that family, right? You're the you're the family of that victim. And now you have to watch this person, you know, spend, a, you know, five, ten years and then getting out early. I don't, I don't, for, I don't, I don't believe in retribution. So that's, you know, not a, not a, I, I don't care. I, th- I think you should. I think that that's, I think that that's part of justice. I think that when you take someone's life, you should pay for it. I think that when you hurt another person's family, that's something you should pay for. I think justice should be retributive in many ways. Like eye for an eye? Hmm? How far do you go? Eye for an eye? I mean, again, you know, obviously we can, we, you can get lost in how harsh you can get, but I think that a system that says, oh, this is only for deterrence sake or this is only, you know, it should never, it should never be, uh, you know, uh, retributive is, is outweighing the rights of the criminal more than the rights of the victims. And I think that sends a message. And I think over time, it always devolves into a scenario where people are getting fewer sentences released early. They're being soft on these things. And you inevitably end up in a situation that we are now where we have, we have crimes that aren't punished in I, many I of these I don't think those things correlate. Like the, the reason criminals are being released is because the left is advocating for their release for stupid reasons. We should have many people should be in prison much longer and many people should be in prison much less. Mm. Nonviolent drug offenses. It's like, come on. Uh, uh, but then you get violent offenders who commit murder and get out in a few years. Now, that's a problem. I don't I don't think retribution makes sense. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Everyone's got a grievance against somebody else, and they all want retribution for their perceived slights. And what happens when a, purport, uh, when, when a victim falsely accuses someone or wrongly because they're emotionally driven and, and, and driven by passion instead of logic? So the state often, where it's supposed to, try its best to sort the facts and make sure that um, it's proven beyond a, reason, beyond a reasonable doubt. Often they do. Often we've seen circumstances where people like Kamala are willing to leave people to rot in prison, even if they're innocent. Her, her, her department, uh, her office did this. Um, that's what's been reported. That's how, that's how it's been reported. And, uh, and then I'm supposed to sit back and just trust the state that they're not making mistakes and that the, the retribution is just. What happens if the state executes an innocent person because the family wanted retribution? Am I, let's say a family member of mine is on death row and the family's like, they did it. I know they did it. And so they say, we demand retribution. And the state says, and we're going to grant that retribution. Execute my friend or family member. And then a day later, evidence comes out exonerating them. Am I entitled to retribution against the executioner? Do I get to put him on death row because he killed my loved one? The answer should be yes, right? Where's my retribution against the state for killing an innocent person that I loved? You don't get it. So the problem is there is no retribution. The state kills people to shut people up. They, 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 they let rioters riot because they don't want to call because they don't care. They put innocent people in prison in these riots. They arrest innocent people because they want to avoid riots. This is the problem with the state. You, you just, you can't trust them. I used to you be... can trust them sometimes for some things. You can cross your fingers. But if the issue is they are not completely trustworthy, then we can't allow the state to take extreme or permanent actions because we can't ever confirm 100% what they're doing is right. You shouldn't trust anyone, really, in that situation. That's up to you to survive on this reality floor. Uh, I used to be very pro-death penalty without a question. Like, yeah, if they're a, if they're a killer and they're not going to stop, kill them. Get them out of here. But then I started to think about the Nazis. And, man, they would just execute people at will. 
and so would the Soviets. And like, so I didn't, I, I have a very American blinder on when I think about things and Malice, Michael Malice has really opened my eyes to this. So as well as Luke Rutkowski, uh, coming from the Soviet Union, their, their families are from the Soviet Union. It's like, yo, the state is not like the benevolent God that you think it is. I was really indoctrinated growing up. But wouldn't you say that? different governments do things for different reasons. So, like, regardless of how you feel about the death penalty, couldn't you say, well, you know, when Stalin and Hitler were killing people for bad reasons, that didn't necessarily mean there couldn't be good reasons for another government to do it. And again, this is someone who I've acknowledged I don't really have a fleshed-out position yeah, on the death Yeah, you penalty. could kill for a good... I think you could kill for a good reason, to be honest. There, there's there's a scaling question in the death penalty, and it, and it, it pertains to war, right? Uh, someone like Hitler or Stalin. Yeah, those people die. And those people die because you're in war and they're actively killing and massacring by the millions and you're trying to actively stop them. My question is if someone's been actively stopped already and, you know, it's like the, I, I suppose there, there's the, the, the great philosophical question has been, has been asked, answered in many ways in many of these Batman comics. The, the injustice storyline. You guys fans of DC at all? Mm-hmm. You know, when, uh, Joker, depending on which version of the storyline, Joker drugs, uh, Superman, Superman kills Lois. Superman loses it, and he's like, to Batman, if you just killed this man, these people wouldn't have died. Or there's like another story. I, I can't remember which one it is, but, you know, Joker plants a nuke and blows up Metropolis. And Superman's like, you could have killed him and saved millions. And then um, Damian Wayne, it, this is in the video game. I think it's from the comic as well. He's like, you've had every opportunity to stop these murderers, and you don't. Batman won't do it. And they get out, they murder again, and he's like, it, enough. And then, the, you know, the Justice League goes dark, and they're like, just executing criminals and stuff. There's, there's great philosophical questions about how to handle things. My, my issue ultimately comes down to, I just don't, t- I don't trust the state. I, I don't, I, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people, I, I don't trust them. These big cities are run by corrupt lunatics, and uh, um, I think Kamala Harris should, should terrify people. Yeah, we have laws in place, so you well, don't have to trust the state. The law, you're supposed to trust the law. Yeah. Oh, he was about to say something. I, wanted to I was going to say that your first gulp of inept government will turn you into a libertarian. But I think at the bottom of that glass, competent government is the key. Because it's very tempting to say when you look at a government that's corrupt and inept to say, just get government out of everything. That's the easy thing, right? This is what the right has been doing and libertarians have been doing for many years. We'll just get my kids out of the government school. Then I don't have to worry what's being taught there. We'll just get my kids away from this influence. You know, what happened in happening in the media? Well, I'll just uh, start my own business and then I don't have to care what's going on with these things saying that if we just keep exiting each one of these arenas, that eventually, you know, you will be able to solve the problem. But the issue is that that never solves the problem. They always end up coming after you. You never just get to get away, right? And so the, the easy out is to say, we just take the power of government away, right? This is, this is what we're, we're taught is that we just reduce the power of government. We, or we put checks and balances, a limit on the power of government. And then therefore we don't have to worry what government does because there's the system that holds it, holds it in check for us. The truth is that at the end of the day, that doesn't work. That, that never works. The government always retains that power. Someone's always making these decisions of the state and they are always taking that power. They're always increasing and centralizing the power. The question is who wields it? You want someone competent. You don't just want to pretend like you can run away forever. All right. We got to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this YouTube channel, share the show everywhere you can if you really want to help us out. We are completely marketed through grassroots means. I was actually thinking maybe we should make a commercial for the show and, and do like our first ever marketing run. We've never done anything like that. Um, maybe we'll do like an ad spot on YouTube or something or some other podcasts. But um, I don't know. I always just assumed if people really liked the show, they would just share it because they liked it. So if you do, there you go. Also, check out TimCast.com. Become members. Support our work directly. 
New episodes of the members only Timcast IRL show Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. We have a huge library. Go watch all of it. Let's read some of these super chats. We got Jeremy Gardner who says, I'm a server of 15 years and loved your conversation about servers last week. Tips have everything to do with culture and nothing to do with race. I can tell what someone will tip me 99 out of 100 times. People can never, I, I always tip insane amounts, like 200, 300%. And it's funny, you know, we, we, we went out to eat today and the servers were actually like, do you want to take this, this group? And the other lady was like, I guess, sure, I'll take them. And she was like, okay, thanks. And then I'm like, wow, I wonder if that lady who's like, you like gave up us as a group regrets it because we tipped like 200 bucks. And so the other lady was probably just like, yes. And then the other server was like, no. That's how it goes, man. You never know. All right. Adam Noel says, hey, Timcast crew, my name is Adam Noel, and I just emailed you guys a song to spin the UFO. Please look for political punk rock opera. Tim, get ready. Well, all right. We'll take a look. You want to write that down? I got it. Blueheart says her name is Stretchin Gretchen. What is that a reference to doing yoga or something? Gretchen Whitmer? I don't know. Most likely. Maybe oh, does she, she does yoga? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I'm just trying to veer away from the uh, the dirty thoughts. <laughs> oh. That's fair. Chris Larson says, hey, Tim, I live in South Dakota, and Christy Nome banned teaching CRT in schools. Not sure if you knew or not, but I think it's very interesting. I, I, I suppose the issue is they just go, well, we're not teaching critical race theory. We're just applying critical race theory to what we teach. Yep. Praxis. Yep. Praxis. That's right. Jason Fisher says, speaking of Dennis Prager, you, you should have someone from Prager U in the show. In the show. We could have, we, we certainly could. I don't know. Who, who should we have from, uh, from Prager? Dennis himself? That'd yeah, be great. That'd be great. He's smart. I've had Will Witt in my channel. He's a good guy. Oh yeah, Will Witt. Oh yeah. Don's Herald says, your discussion on religion yesterday was the best I've seen yet. If you want a thought provoking look into the afterlife, check out C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce, easily my favorite short story. Yes, uh, yesterday with Andrew Clavin, we talked religion over at TimCast.com in the members only segment. It was, it was really, really good. Yeah. It was intense. It was a lot of fun. I love The Great Divorce. C.S. Lewis is one of my favorite authors of all time. Genius. What's it, what's it about? Uh, it's about this guy who goes on a trip he, and he doesn't really realize it, but it turns out he's in hell and he's been traveling to heaven. And as he goes through this, like, slowly, little bits of his pride are taken away as, like, the angel reveals the things that are holding him back into hell. And he starts yeah. seeing all the all the foolish things he's been trying to hold on to. It, it's really excellent. Oh wow, cool. Young Pei Chang says, "Hi guys, Oren. I've read your tweets, retweeted from Michael Malice, and I've referenced some of your videos when trying to explain to other folks about the definition of a midwit." <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. One of my bigger videos was on uh, was explaining uh, midwittery and kind of midwittery. What, what that means and where that comes from. We're, we're in the middle of a midwit midwit epidemic. Yeah. So, do you have an elevator pitch on midwits? Yeah, basically, a midwit is someone who is just slightly above average intelligence, and so because they're just slightly above average, it's one of the things that defines them. Like they're smarter than most people. Like they're smart people, but they're never the smartest person in the room. And because they're never the smartest person in the room, they're always reaching for it. They always want to prove themselves. Themselves. The the smartest person in the room, you know, they're they know what they're doing. It's like someone who knows how to fight. You know, they don't yeah. need to mm. prove that they they know. They don't have to go around to talking tough because they know it. Midwits in the same scenario, and be, so because of that, they like to learn things like little bits of language. This is why you know wokeness and progressivism is so attractive to a midwit because by keeping up on the jargon, they can look more intelligent than they are. <laughs> they can use that as a weapon. Have you seen that video where they ask everyone to judge people? Uh, based on how they look on their intelligence. And there's one woman she, where she's just like, I can tell you're not very smart. 
And then they all take IQ <laughs> tests, and then they're told to sit down from smartest to least smart, and the woman who was really cocky turns out to be like the stupidest person. Oh, yeah, snap. that wouldn't surprise yeah, me at all. That was funny. Oren, do you think that the people in Bill Maher's audience were midwits? Because that was the oh, first yeah. thing I thought of. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <They're> absolutely. <laughs> so one of the things about midwittery is like when you, when you learn things when you're young, you learn them at a low resolution, right? right? You learn very simple things about them. Sometimes they're actually completely wrong, but you have to learn kind of a wrong version before uh, you as a young person you can eventually grasp the more complex version. What midwits do is they learn to deconstruct that child's version of understanding things mm. like God or the history of America. Like they, they treat and they learn to deconstruct that stuff and they think because they're deconstructing the simplistic version, they're very intelligent and they're rewarded in the educational system and, and, and popular culture for doing this. And so they keep doing it even to adulthood. They never learn about the more complicated version, but they think they're being they're, very intelligent. They're smart enough to know they're not smart enough. Yeah. And so there, there was a guy that um, my friends knew who was um, mentally, uh, developmentally disabled, but he was smart enough to know he was. And it was like a weird position because like he was limited in what he could do, but he was also cognizant of that fact. So it's like a lot of these midwits are that way. They're on Twitter. They're not successful people. They know they're smarter than most people, but they're not smart enough to run a business or survive or succeed. So they end up just angry. They, they they deserve more, don't they? And so I think you see a lot of that with the with the woke activists. They they, they assume that the system must be broken because certainly someone as smart as them should have money and and wealth and fame and power. Instead, they got twenty thousand followers on Twitter and they can't pay their bills. Yeah, it's a problem with public school system. It makes people feel like a success when they get all A's, but man, they're not prepared for the real world. All right. Young says, Tim, Elijah Schaefer said he will be doing things in Nashville, Nashville next week, too. Are you guys going to be doing something together there? Also, Seamus, your appearance on Matt Frad's channel helped me impress a new Catholic friend. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank um, you so much. I, I, I think we're, we're, we're... We are. We it, do it, have plans to bring Elijah on one of those evenings. Oh, That's yeah. Correct. I love that guy, man. Mr. Schaefer. John Boyle says, yo, Tim, when will, be, when will we be able to watch the IRL and members segment live over at TimCastIRL.com? Mm -hmm. The members segments are recorded and then uploaded. But as for the show itself, well, you know what we need? We need a, uh, a web dev backend and like webmaster kind of person. Yeah, we, do. we need someone who knows how to do all the code, how to handle all the WordPress plugins, integrations, API, all that stuff. So uh, we're actually looking. So um, I guess jobs at TimCast.com and yep. then... Hopefully someone here can filter through that and try and figure out, you know, how to get somebody a job. Because we are, we are actually in, uh, what's the, what's the right way to describe it? We are, we need to hire someone like by Monday. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. And, and the tech we're working on with, uh, the, the foundation that we're building is, uh, it's, it's still pre-alpha. So it's like just too early to do that with TimCast.com just yet. But I, I would really like to do that eventually. All right. Wait, I saw another super chat and I have to find it. Oh, now I feel bad. It was great because someone else replied to the super chat. Oh well, maybe maybe if I uh, go through it again, I can find it. Give me a, give me a quick second here, guys. Lydia, I just want to tell you I love you. By the way, man, you're awesome. Oh, thank you. Thanks oh, for okay, it's right here. <laughs> so uh, Jeff Leinberger says, "Thanks for getting me through the two and a half hours of traffic every day here in California. Woo. What do you think is a good platform for more art-based political content? Rumble doesn't seem suited for that. Mm. I don't know, Seamus. You're the artist." 
I was looking for this. this you won't even pay attention. By the way, I found it. It's from Jubilee. It, it's it's a, a video where they have strangers rank each other's intelligence yeah. on a scale of one to six. It's hysterical. Oh, nice. What's a, what's a good That's platform a good. for art art based political content? Oh man, I mean, I'm still using YouTube. Look at mm. me, and it's difficult and to Patreon. Fo- well, yeah. So so well, we're working on a paywall on the website now. So give me a break, but so uh, it's difficult to format for different social media websites too. So like the aspect ratios change when we do YouTube. I can just upload the videos in 1920 by 1080. When I do TikTok, I have to reanimate all the characters so they're pretending they have Tourette's. So the, the, the follow-up there was from Adrian Contreras who says, I feel you, Jeff. I'm on the 101 right now by Thousand Oaks. It's brutal. Shout out to our friends who are stuck in traffic together oh, while yeah. listening to the show. <laughs> the struggle. All right. Austin L. says, hey, Tim, have you noticed we keep saying woke companies hate us and they never deny it? Huh. They never say, of course we don't hate our customers. It's just the silence of them not disagreeing with of that statement. Yeah, they hate their customers. They, they really do. Uh, it's, 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 it's sad, but I, I do kind of feel like a lot of the stuff is falling apart. They've got some new Marvel shows coming out and they're just like, it's, it's lost its luster. Yeah. I feel like the Marvel movies, they're probably going to make money, but we've been culturally stagnant for a long time. And that Jeremy's Razors commercial was. Awesome. And it had, last I looked at it, over 7 million views. If you want to wow. talk about, as long, that stuff is degrading, but you can also see the growth, where it's growing, and that's with Daily Just Wire, man. Think about how much Daily Wire is going to make off of, what, what do they have, like 70,000 Razor subscribers now or something it's ridiculous? Wild. Oh, I don't know. Man. That's awesome. Ooh. They're probably making so much money off of that. It's like the Daily Wire shuts down because they're like, well, we were making hundreds of millions off of the Razors, and we just figured we didn't need media anymore. Yeah, that's way easier than content, right? Yeah, just yeah. crank those out. Crank them out, huh? No, but they wouldn't do that. They're going to do more. They're doing kids' shows. Jay says, Seamus, are you going down to Nashville, too? You should have a debate with Ben using your impression of him. Have Candace be the judge. Should be a load of laughs. Okay, so here's what actually would happen if I went down to Nashville and talked to Ben Shapiro as Ben Shapiro. He would get so intimidated by my ability to impersonate him. He'd have an identity crisis, and then he would become Freedom Tunes. And if Ben Shapiro was making Freedom Tunes instead of me, that would be a disaster. Okay, folks? Yeah, It'd be, I agree. It would, it would be like you both would be mirroring each other and saying the same things. And then, like, energy would start to mass and a singularity would form. And it would be like, Seamus, stop! It would be the... Um, I can't, it's too late, gang. Honestly, it's too late. It would be like the it's dialogue... It would be like the dialogue-based equivalent to that scene in Duck Soup where the mirror breaks and the guy on the other side of the mirror is uh, trying to imitate Groucho Marx. Have you guys not seen Duck Soup? <laughs> this is classic comedy. Oh. This is like... This is incredible stuff. Oh, yeah. oh, right, There's right, a great right, right, scene yes. where I, I believe it's uh, Chico is trying to sneak through Groucho's house or the character Groucho's playing so house and the mirror breaks and then he's in the mirror dressed right. as him trying to imitate all of his actions as he yeah, walks yeah, by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yes. And that would be me and Ben. I am familiar. I yeah, uh, Seamus will be, will be coming down. Yes. That's right. Jacob says, you've talked about how strong your Magic the Gathering commander decks are. What commanders do you run? Um, I've got Kiki Jiki. It's insane, by the way. And I think that may be one of the most powerful because... The deck is. I mean, it was crazy. We were playing recently, and I was I was monoscrewed. And then Ian was, like, doing really well. And then I got... What's what's that What's that troll who generates mana for health? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, you pay three life for one red. It's insane. And then I won, just like that. It's so stupid. I was like, I'm at three, but you're dead. I play Urza, but it's not even fun anymore because I have to take, like, 39 moves in one turn, which I like, but it just ended up ruining the game with my own joy overload. What about you, Orin? Uh, well, yeah, this is the problem with Commander. It degenerates into, you know, it's supposed to be a fun format of multiplayer, and everybody just tries to end up winning on turn one. 
So my yep. my commander deck's pretty casual because I try to play with friends that uh, that keep it pretty casual. I've got uh, I think Mariki Baru is the way to to pronounce it, where she just steals all your permanents and then when she untaps, she kills them. So you can just tap her and untap her over again to take over the board. Oh, that's fun. Nathan Devon says, huge fan, just got kicked out of the Air Force, active duty for refusing the jab. Yo, that's crazy, man. Like, during a war in Eastern Europe, too. That sounds like a really bad idea. Huh. There we go. Christina H. says, thank you, Ian, but that summary was a little off. One second after, it's about a man trying to save his family and small town after the U.S. is hit with an EMP attack. Inspired me to buy emergency food and prep before it was cool. Oh, wow. Okay, oh, wow. thanks. I just read what it was on the, uh, I think it was on Amazon or something, what I read. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. I, I recently, um, when they announced the food shortages, like we've already got emergency food, but considering how many people work here, like we don't really have enough, but I, uh, uh, I bought a bunch. Cause, uh, I think inflation's gonna hit and you're, like, if nothing ends up happening in the worst case scenario, just eat food. So I, I always recommend people take care of themselves. Take, take care of themselves, my friends. Michael Scott Matthew says, are you also anti-circumcision, Tim? If we oppose any permanent physical changes to a child's body when they can't consent informally, yes, I think that's wrong. I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's, I, I don't understand the, uh, why, why we still have that, you know, whatever. But, uh, I will give a shout out to, um, who are those YouTube animators? Flash gets mm. with one of the funniest videos where it's the, uh, the feminist and she like goes to a, an aquarium and demands a job. And they're like, are you a biologist? And she's like, she gets all angry at screaming about sexism. And then in the end, she's she's like screaming about patriarchy and smashing up and rioting. And then all of a sudden, men's rights activists show up. And they're like, oh, no, men's rights activists. And then the guy goes, we want our foreskins back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> show is so funny. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't think we should be surgi- surgically altering children. Yeah. They you know, cannot consent. I've heard there, that it, like, um, it can it can like really but, mess kids' minds up that amount of pain at that early age. Well, there, there's some nuance here. Uh, you know, a lot of people obviously pointed out cleft lip surgery, reconstructive right, surgery yeah. for burns and stuff. No, I get that. Someone mentioned that kids will have like ears that stick out and they'll get them pinned. Yeah, I disagree with that too. Yeah, that's weird, right? I, I, don't, I don't like it. If you got big ears, you got big ears. It's okay. I don't know, man. Just like kids want to make fun of you for having big ears, but I guess, I don't know. Like kids got to be taught to be confident in themselves and to be ashamed of themselves. Telling a kid, your ears are ugly. We better get you to a doctor to surgically alter that. Instead of saying, tell those kids to shut up. Who cares? Yeah. You are better. That's an opportunity to teach them. I was going to say too, that I learned a while ago that they used to not administer pain medicine when they did circumcisions. And I was like, Excuse they me. do. At, well, there what? was there was a belief that children couldn't feel right? pain, or infants at that what? age couldn't feel pain, so they did all sorts of medical procedures oh, without anesthetizing God. them first. Ugh. That's like lifelong trauma. It's got to be horrible. James says, "Tim, fitness is a specific evolutionary term that refers to how many offspring an organism has that survives to reproduce. It never had anything to do with the smartest or strongest." Ah, well, touche. I stand corrected. Good point. Young says, "Tim, if Bill Maher is lazy, what of David French?" Mm. He's sleeping. <laughs> Scott says, let he who hath no rifle sell his Xbox and buy one. Oh. Jesus, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. But he did say, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak, sell your cloak, cloak and buy one. Yeah. That is fascinating to me. Because it's funny when people make fun of the right for buying guns and they're like, Jesus would, you know, tell them and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, he, he said to get a sword, man. But I think it's well, important if you can't defend yourself, your friends, and your family from evil, then what do you do? Lay down and just get steamrolled? Yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. 
Something that's what they want. Right. That's it, what they want you to think. Roll over, get steamrolled, that, Tim. That story doesn't sound Turn right. The other that, he, that he just let him take. It just doesn't sound right, man. Some something, fishy. All right, CKCC. Chris says, "Well, we should be concerned and learn our lessons from Nuremberg, uh, but that concern should not stand in the way of getting to the truth and holding those who have perverted our republic accountable to the laws we know to be right." Right. I think someone brought up Nuremberg. I think you did. Oh, what did was you? it about the Nuremberg? We were, we, you were I was talking thinking about, about Jesus. Pardon me. No, we, we were, we were, it was when we were talking about McCarthyism and you said, I don't want to you know, have a tit for tat. Yeah. Start doing investigations or whatever. Important thing to remember about Car- McCarthy, you know, the government and the entertainment industry actually was full of communists. Yeah, that's yeah. true. An important thing to remember. Catwell says, are y'all planning any meetups while in Nashville for your fans and TimCast members? Our family are huge Freedom Tunes fans, and I'd love the chance to chat with Ian about graphene and abolishing the Fed. So I don't I don't know if we have any direct plans right now. Uh, in the future, we are planning perhaps monthly uh, excursions where we send the mobile studio out to, to various cities, and, and we will do – what we want to do is Friday night IRL live. So we do the show – on a stage in a big theater somewhere in a city. Love it. And so also, thank you so much for the shout out. And yeah. also, check out this shirt that somebody sent me. Oh, snap. I love it. What is <laughs> it <say? laughs> Ask me about graphene. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a large, though. If you're going to send me shirts, send me mediums. But how cool would it be if we came to your city and then on a Friday night at a, you know, a thousand seater venue or whatever, everybody came in and we were, we were doing the show live on a stage and, you know, uh, like Alex Jones would be there. It or, feels like know. the way it's supposed to be. Like we should do it. Yeah. And then it would make a live studio audience like how they do all the other late night talk And we sales. can do real questions, man. That's cool because you pay to get in and then that's basically your super chat. Hopefully you'll be one of the people that can talk. I think people would be able to yell. I don't know if we'd be, we, we, we would be able to do audience questions though. Yeah, it'd be a spe- instead of super chat. Or we could do super chats. Super chats allow us to screen from trolls is, is, is the issue, right? Yeah. yeah. Just a bunch of people getting up are going to start yelling stuff and – I don't, I don't know how I'd be able to handle that. But to be fair, I feel like we would handle that kind of adversity really well. And with Matt Walsh, it's always interesting when people try to troll him and it never works. So. Yeah, but there's a difference between being live and having people go up and scream a bunch of racial slurs as so, opposed to someone asking you a, a, a question that's hard. Yeah, so one of the things that they do with Matt's events is they make sure that the people who get in are like really good faith actors. It's hard, I know. It's tough, it's tough. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We don't want – we don't – People troll and people protest. Maybe for the, the after show, we could do audience questions and then – Oh, good point. Yeah, 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 we would yeah. definitely be able to do oh, that. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, yes. All right. Brendan says, you've convinced me to watch Star Trek. What is the best series to start with? From what you've said, the next generation seems pretty legit. But, but look, that's my, that's my uh, demographic. That's my age range. When I was a little kid, you know, I'm three or four. This show is on the air and I'm sitting on the couch while my dad's watching it. So I grow up watching this show over several years. For a lot of people, the original series is, is, you know, you know. it was the original for me, but, and, and the second one was cheesy. Next gen was cheesy at first, but I think it was season two. This Riker's comes up a beard. lot. It is by far the superior Star Wars, uh, Star Trek of those two. I don't, I didn't even watch the other ones. I couldn't get into them. That, that's next generation is amazing. That's why you still see Brent Steiner and, you know, uh, what's his name? Spiner. Jordy. Jordy uh, doing commercials and stuff. Jordy, I call LeVar him. Burton. LeVar Burton. Come on, man. <laughs> he taught Jordy. you to read and this is all you can do for <laughs> right. reading Rainbow. Right. Shout out. Come on. LeVar. And you said Steiner. Oh, is it not Brett Steiner? What's his last Spiner. 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 Sorry, Brett. You were great oh. in Independence Day. Boo. Oh, yeah. And then they brought him back in the, in the, pre, in the sequel and they made him gay. You see that one? What? No. Did they make him gay in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That slipped past oh. me. Yeah, his, uh, uh, him and the other scientists end up getting married or something. He was amazing in, in the first one. Yeah, that, it's 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 weird to me that I they did. added that to the story that didn't need to be there because he wasn't yeah. like like we don't 
I understand if they make a movie and there's a protagonist and the protagonist is gay and his love is a motivation. I don't understand when they just take a random ancillary character and then add a gay relationship as a plot point that doesn't change the plot at all. Oh, I understand. It's to normalize I, 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 right. it's their whole goal. But also that film, I, I forgot that that happened. And I think that's because the film was just so forgettable overall that oh, I yeah. couldn't take anything away from it. Yeah, that was not good. The funny thing is they recast, um, what's her face? Who's, what's the actress's name? She was um, she was on Arrested Development. She was in Scott Pilgrim. She's the voice of Katara. You guys know who I'm talking about. The right? young girl or the sister, the older woman. In what we mean? In uh, Arrested Development. She was. Uh, I'll look it up. I can't remember. What Secretary. Character. No, someone's someone's gonna chat it. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna get it. Yeah, she's the voice of Katara on uh, uh, an Avatar: The Last Airbender. I'm waiting for someone to give me the answer, but there's like a minute lag or whatever. Did you find out what her name was? Uh, Mae Whitman? Mae Whitman, right. She was the, originally the little girl in Independence Day, and they recast her because they were like, we want, you know, an attractive woman, and they considered her frumpy, I guess, or whatever. <sighs> That's how Hollywood works, man. Yep. That's how Hollywood works. Logan says so many 20s tonight. I know. It's a good time. Great show. Critical success. A lot of ones as well. A lot of people didn't really uh, agree on a lot of things. Play hard. Pollyanna Forever says, finally saw Freedom Tunes and the crazy chicken show, Epic. Yo, we're consistently getting around like 200 concurrent viewers on Chicken so City Live. Fun. Thank you. When, so, oh, when we run these commercials on Tucker, it's going to be epic. So we have a functional, functional commercial, <laughs> but it's a good commercial. And that's the problem. It like accurately advertises Chicken City. And it says go to the website. And it shows the chickens and it shows them running around. And I'm like, no, no, no. The commercial needs to be stupid. It needs to be like us arguing with the chickens, like dramatic scenes the users, roosters like chasing after us, like fake explosions. Like, take me back! Like on my knees begging for forgiveness. From oh yeah, we need, we, we need, the, the we, need we need like five seconds of Ian explaining graphene to the chickens. Yes. Yeah. As, yeah. as they all sta- sit around you like confused. I'll give you an hour. You can just cut, cut the five seconds out you need. <laughs> chickens, listen. By the way, I want to thank chickens. you for finally watching Freedom Tunes. They finally watched it and you can too. Go over to youtube.com slash Freedom Tunes right now. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We got some more cartoons coming. I think you guys are going to love them. Son of Man says Ian is the smartest guy because he thinks outside the conventional box. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to leave him alone. Uh, you, uh, the intelligence is weirdly defined. I'm just I'm a piece of a puzzle, so in the wrong puzzle, I don't fit. I just happen to kind of fit in this one. Also, Ian doesn't want to be left alone. He wants to discuss these things. He wants to argue. He wants to have his view challenged. You know me. Can, yeah. yeah, exactly. Ian's the wild card, man. <laughs> Let me have it. He often says things that make us all question the the uh, our, our preconceived uh, conceptions. Our preconceptions. Preconception, our preconceived, our preconosha. Question yourself, but don't question yourself too much. I made that mistake, and it can drive you insane. Mm. So you have to find a reality that you enjoy, and then find a community that agrees with it, and then work together. Stay grounded. All right, we can only we'll just grab a couple more here because we we actually have to get in the car. We're driving out to Nashville literally right now. So let's just grab a, a couple here. All right. Tommy Boy says, how do you feel about Jen Psaki potentially going to MSNBC? To me, it seems like it's going to be a complete and absolute dumpster fire. Does she even have any journalism experience? I don't care. <laughs> um, I expect it. I mean, Sean Spicer, he went to Newsmax, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, Jen's, yeah. Where, where did she go? She went to Fox. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jen Psaki going to MSNBC. I'm just like, that's exactly what MSNBC is. It's, it's partisan. They love it. Yeah, we know Sean that. Spicer went to Newsmax. It's partisan. They love it. It, it's you know the press secretaries aren't uh, um, this is the, they're, they're pundits it's what they do they spin they spin on behalf of the White House yeah no they can do it on and, news yeah exactly they'll do the same thing I don't watch that stuff you know I, I think Sean Spicer is better in a lot of ways than Jen Psaki but I think uh, in terms of skill Jen Psaki's pretty good at her job 
She can spin, man. That's her job. Yeah. I mean, you know, and she does it and everyone rolls their eyes. But when they make fun of her for being circle back, Jen, I'm like, you realize that works for the establishment press, right? Mm. She ignores questions and they never question it. She's she's got them wrapped up. You know, she knows how to manipulate. But, you know, I will I will be fair. It's easy when the press is already in the bag for you. So she can stand there and do nothing. And then she grumbles because she calls on Peter Ducey as like the token conservative guy. (laughs) And he roasts her. Yep. Great. All right. Here's uh, here's we got a couple more. The base. What is it? The base badass. I'm running for Texas State Senate in San Antonio. I just wanted to thank everyone for the encouragement and inspiration to run. Hey, right on, man. But we don't have your name. So uh, but good luck. Yeah, cool. good luck. And last, we'll read this one. Chris Adkins says, I am Volseferon, follower of the beanie and woofer sure of Chicken City. <laughs> Congratulations, good nice. sir. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, you must smash the like button. Do it for Ian. If Ian doesn't get 10,000 likes, <laughs> he'll cry. But if I Seamus do. Seamus will get mad. He'll cry. And, and then Seamus can, is yeah. punching holes in walls. And then True. Ian is crying. Bad. And then I got, I got to deal with it. And then, oh, man. You know, I can literally, I can hear it from the other room. I'm not able to fall asleep because Ian's bawling his eyes out. I'm I start stretching. Punching the wall, and he starts crying even Seamus. harder. He starts if you're working harder. out, I told you that. If you listen really, really carefully in Freedom Tunes, you can actually hear Ian crying in the background half the time. It's, I'm telling you, I'm doing it's sit-ups. True. It's and, and crunches. <laughs> I'm doing crunches. Come on. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, uh, help support our work. You, all of our our whole library of members-only segments are available. You can search for people and watch all this awesome stuff. You can also check out Chicken City. Right now, the chickens are sleeping. But if yep. you go to YouTube.com slash Chicken City, you can watch that. But also check out Pop Culture Crisis, uh, which is just search YouTube for Pop Culture Crisis. Subscribe. It's uh, mostly cultural uh, topics, but it's a similar style podcast host- hosted by Brett Dasovic. And uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of promotion for that relatively soon because the show's, you know, gotten its footing and it's and it's growing and getting more views. So we're going to start promoting it. So check that out. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me at Timcast. Oren, do you want to shout, shout anything out? Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure to check out my uh, YouTube channel or Oren McIntyre uh, on Twitter. I think on Twitter I've got the the link tree or the Find My Friends where you can – Find all my stuff. I've got channels on Odyssey and Rumble. I've got uh, Subscribe Star, all that stuff. So go ahead and uh, follow me there. Nice. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We make cartoons. I think you guys are going to like them. Go check that out. You hit, know, subscribe, hit the notification bell, or Ian will cry again. And hit I'll <laughs> the like button. Find the white pill. It's in Gosh. you, man. You got it. That's right. You yeah. got it there. Do that. He's already fighting back <laughs> tears. We're, we're, we're a thousand likes away. It's natural. We got this. We got oh, this. And, and we're going to be driving to Nashville. He's going to be crying the whole time. I'm going to be checking the video and watching the Seamus. comments all night, you guys. So keep making them. <laughs> I will I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a call from Seamus. And I'm going to answer it. And I'm just going to hear, ah! <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I know punching the walls is only going to make him cry harder. But I, I'm so angry at that <laughs> point that self-destruction <laughs> is perfectly acceptable to me. It's just. I got pads for the walls. Sound yeah, pads. Yeah. Sound pads. Yeah, yeah. We, we are all in padded rooms over here. Anyway, you guys should check out <laughs> Pop Culture Crisis because I am on there every Wednesday except this Wednesday. So if you like what I have to say, go check it out. Brett is an awesome uh, host and he does a great job researching for the show. You guys may follow me on Twitter at SourPatchLids. I am also on Minds.com and I also have SourPatchLids.me. So follow me in all those spots. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com or Chicken City, and we'll be in Nashville all next week. We're actually going to be there first thing in the morning because we're driving Ooh. all throughout the night, yeah. and then I guess not sleeping, I guess, and then I have to work through the weekend because that's the point of being down there to do work, so uh, that'll be fun, but um, maybe, maybe we'll see you around in Nashville. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, guys.